So tell me again about this podcast. Well, the 700 Taste podcast is meant strictly for entertainment purposes only. And there's clips? See, it breaks down like this. The 700 Taste podcast does not own the rights to any of the clips it's going to be using on this program. But see, that doesn't matter because the 700 Taste podcast also is going to include adult language and adult humor. But if you're easily offended, just stop listening now. So that's one thing you don't got to do with the 700 Taste podcast. Oh, I'm listening. That's all there is to it. Fucking listening. Baby, you dig it most. In 2019, Jasperino purchased 700 VHS tapes at a yard sale for $35. He promptly moved them to a safe house deep in the outlands of the Arizona desert. If you're into nostalgia and you like VHS, and if you can find him, maybe you can listen to the 700 Tapes Podcast. about Christmas in Europe. What do you want to know? They got Christmas trees? They got the same shit over there as we do here, but it's just different. Example? Stockings. They don't get built until after Christmas. After Christmas? Yeah, by three wise men. Or, if you're in Italy, by a witch named Buffon. A witch in your house at Christmas? Yeah. That's fucked up. Do you know what they call Santa in Italy? They don't call Santa Santa? No, they speak Italian. They wouldn't know what the fuck Santa Claus even meant. So what do they call him? Baba Natale. Baba Natale. Ah, shit, man, I'm gone. <laughs> I know, baby, you dig it the most. You know what they call fruitcake? Hmm. Panettone. Panettone. Yeah, they be eating that shit, too. Yeah, <laughs> damn. I see them do it. <laughs> what you eating, Brett? Fruitcake. Fruitcake. You know what they call fruitcake in Italy? Vincent? Panettone. Do you mind if I partake of your fruitcake? Go ahead. Mmm. That is some good-ass fruitcake. I can't usually eat fruitcake because my girlfriend's a vegetarian, which pretty much makes me a vegetarian. Do you know why I can't eat fruitcake? Because of the gelatin on the fruit? Check out the big brain on bread. You a smart motherfucker, that's right. You mind if I uh, have some of your tasty beverage to uh, wash this down? What does Santa Claus look like? What? Where are you from? What? What ain't a country I ever heard of? They speak English and what? What? Say what again, motherfucker! I dare you! I double dare you! What does Santa Claus look like? He's fat. Go on! He has white beard. Does he look like a bitch? What? I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? Does Santa Claus look like a bitch? You're... Jimmy, right? This is your house? Sure is. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. Good, we got one. So I heard. May I come in? Uh, yeah, please do. You must be Jules, which make you Vincent. 
Let's get down to brass tacks, gentlemen. If I was informed correctly, the clock is ticking. Is that right, Jimmy? Uh, 100%. Your wife, Bonnie, comes home at 9.30 in the a.m., is that correct? Uh-huh. I was led to believe if she comes home and finds us here, she wouldn't appreciate none too much. She wouldn't, that. All right, that gives us 40 minutes to get the fuck out of Dodge. Which, if you do what I say, when I say it, should be plenty. Now, you got a corpse in a car, minus a head in a garage. Take me to it. What now? Let me tell you what now. I'ma call a couple of hard pipe-hitting niggas to go to work on the homes here with a pair of pliers and a blowtorch. You hear me talking, hillbilly boy? I ain't through with you by damn sight. I'ma get medieval on your ass. Are you sure you're okay? Honey, since I left you, with this, this has been without a doubt the single weirdest fucking day of my life. Come on, hop on. I'll tell you all about it. Come on, get on. Gotta go, gotta go, come on. Whose motorcycle is this? It's a chopper, baby. Whose chopper is this? Zed's. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Oh, here we are once again. Welcome, freaks and weirdos, to the 700 Tapes Podcast. I am Jasperino, joined as always by the man, the myth, the legacy, the man who fought a haboob to get here. He had a haboob in each hand, coming down the freeway, gritting his teeth, squinting his eyes to make it through the dust, the wall of dust that lay before him like a biblical plague upon the people of Egypt. But he will persevere. He will endeavor to persevere. Mr. Roman Alvarado. How you doing today, sir? I couldn't be any fucking better. So we got the window open (laughs) here in the missile silo. Yes. Because there is a huge wall of dust currently assailing the outlands of Arizona. Stirring up all the pollen, the viruses, and the mutagens. Right. The ooze. (laughs) <laughs> for our teenage mutant ninja Gila monsters Because we don't have sewers here for turtles Astro zombies Giant insectoids The irradiated creeps and freaks of the night And we are bringing it to you live Like a goddamn suicide On a Sunday A very blustery, dusty Apocalyptic Sunday Definitely. That is, that, like, you, you couldn't have worded that any better. Thank you. It was, you know, I see you dusting off the old traps there. That Al Green's got me gone. I see. Kind of swaying here. I see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we are a VHS review podcast. VHS. What was I going to say? Uh, the whole VHS, nothing but the VHS. The VHS, the whole VHS, and nothing but the VHS. So help us, Bob. So help us, Bob. Whoever Bob is. Bob Saget. <laughs> we, uh, every movie we watch and preview and review for you, we watch on this VCR right in front of me under my computer monitor as I speak. We watch it on VHS, no direct whatever, no uh, video on demand, no Blu-ray, no DVD, no laser disc, 
no uh, HBO Cinemax late night. Skinemax. Skinemax, if you will. <laughs> Today we are covering 1994's Cannes Film Festival. Cannes Film Festival? Winner, Pulp Fiction, Quentin Tarantino in his glory. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite movies of all time. If there's one movie I've seen... Okay, The Lost Boys is my number one movie that right. I've seen the most. But my top three are probably Lost Boys, Pulp Fiction, okay. From Dust Till Dawn, gotcha. John Carpenter's Vampires. Okay. And I know I said three and I gave four. Right. But I had to because I had to put From Dust Till Dawn in there. Right. Because God bless you. <laughs> you raised your fucking kids on it. Well, I did. Uh, <laughs> if you missed that episode, go back and listen to both of them. Both of them. Don't just listen to one. I had one guy listen to the second part, but not the first part. Look, that is, you know, That's that craziness. is the uh, quintessential double tap. Double tap. <laughs> Speaking of double taps, mm. dude, I got some exciting stuff coming, and I was going to try and keep it to myself because it's only uh, mid august right and i'm already planning for halloween right but let me just tell you here's a little teaser i have some amazing things happening in october and some we're going to do some really cool stuff here for halloween and i'm very excited about it it's all i've been thinking about mm-hmm. i was telling roman when he first got here that i've been dreaming about halloween th- thinking about halloween i'm very very excited about it this year and it feels good because this is my time i can already feel it i can feel the wheel turning if i can get pagan on you uh, i can feel fall already in the air <laughs> and it's only mid-august which means sowing this year is going to be amazing sweet so that being said how are you look <laughs> again i couldn't i couldn't be better i know you know last week we were both a little humdrum right um but it, it's crazy what you know what a, a week will do to you yeah you know, shit um Man, it is, it is, it's been a good week. That's good. And you? It's been a week. Huh? Um, ups and downs. Like Last Tuesday night, uh, was well, we celebrated my uh, son-in-law's birthday. That's, we went out and we did it. my air- baby's birthday, too. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that last week. Yep. Um, but we went airsoft shooting. Badass. We took all the kids. Nice. It was a lot of fun. I believe like, it. I, it was way more fun than I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. because they had got... Um, enough spaces for me to go into, and Aww. I was like, I don't even know if I want to do this. You turn into fucking Rambo. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Um. They. Yeah. But I only played half the time that they did because I was done after like three or four trips <laughs> through. I was like, dude, I can't. No, I'm, I'm done. I'm fucking running around like Call of Duty with my fucking gun in front of me, all squatted down. Man. Going around corners all stiff. Look, like I'm the worst motherfucker to be you know against playing like laser tag or anything like that of that uh-huh. nature because it's hell on your hands i promise you right like i don't give a fuck how old or young you are <laughs> it is look from this <laughs> from the word go to the word stop right that's your ass that's awesome <laughs> that's kind of what was going on here too <laughs> look it is it is a, a smorgasbord of fuck you ass whooping <laughs> You open the old can of whoop ass. Man. Oh. Every man for himself. Yes. Um. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so, yeah, we did the airsoft. Oh, I was going to say that uh, 
My birthday is this Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So you guys are meeting this tomorrow, which is Monday. Mm-hmm. My birthday is on the 18th. Part of the reason we're doing Pulp Fiction is because this is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Favorite movie of all time is The Lost Boys, but I'm saving that for a special occasion mm-hmm. that I haven't decided what that special occasion is yet. Mm-hmm. It could be Halloween next year before we do that movie because I'm, I'm holding it. It's like it is. It I'm is holding it off. Yeah, I'm. I gotta wait till the time and the feeling and everything is just perfectly in alignment to do that movie because I'm gonna give it everything I got. I'm going to get, 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 give it all you got. Get, get, give it all you got. I'm going to get, 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 get you drunk. Oh, my God. Get you love drunk off my hops. Maha, maha. <laughs> well, the uh, Black Eyed Peas used the Melizaru. M- 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 Melizaru. That's why it was. From that's Pulp why Fiction I, also. Yeah, that's why it was stuck in my head. So uh, I was going to, look, I was going to put the Black Eyed Peas somewhere in there. Turn so it just the kinda, music up. Turn the music up felt right louder. there. God, that that was Ella Funk. Yes, that one we, was. We were talking about. Was, um, was it on the mics or no? Yeah, it was because okay. we couldn't remember if it was Ella Funk or Monkey Business. It there was Ella go. Funk. There we go. I'm very clear-headed on that now. I don't know why I wasn't before. <laughs> Somebody was commenting this last week that they were laughing about how you were saying on the last episode. Get me off the mic, and I can just get the stuff off the top of my head. But as soon as we turn the mics on, I'm like, ah, oh. man. It yeah, is. that Rip Taylor got us a little bit of heat. Like real time, like wrestling heat. Oh, I guess there are several people uh, throwing their phones at their computers or throwing their phones on the ground, wishing they could reach through the phone and grab me and or you. Yes. <laughs> it was Rip Taylor. <laughs> God damn! Didn't know that guy Ooh. had quite a. I know quite a fan following. base. Apparently, very loyal fans. Right. Speaking of loyal, we want to thank you guys, our loyal listeners, for listening to us ramble on and cover some movies every week. We like doing it. It's fun. We like doing it for you, the freaks and weirdos out there. And we want to invite you guys to follow us not only on SoundCloud, but on CastBox, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes, because we're kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, find us on social media on Facebook at the 700 tapes podcast. When you go to the Facebook page, you can look up and hit the button that says join group and that'll take you to our group. Also entitled the 700 tapes podcast, which, uh, Roman is the official admin of. Look, I, I, I was looking on it the other day and, uh, it would not, it wouldn't let me change anything. Really? It's yes. in the, I don't know. We could, we could figure it out. We'll figure it out. Gotcha. And if we don't, it's not that big a deal, I guess. So, um, I do want to give a shout out to Mark Constable. Hell yeah! Says, uh, we wished to him your happy birthday last week. Episode. He said, "Evil Dead," and wanted to say thanks for the birthday shout out. Thanks, guys. This oh, that's our, cool. You're welcome. About Mark. two hours ago. So, Hell yeah! Yes. See, he was trying to cram it and, and get the new ep- get the last episode in, so he could listen to the new one. See, we appreciate that. Definitely, we we definitely appreciate all the listeners out Hell there. Hell yeah! You guys are awesome. I just added, I think, like twelve people. Because um, uh, yesterday in my class, uh, I had two people ask. They were like, "Hey, you do a podcast, right?" Nice. I was like, "Yeah." They were like, "We were we wanted to listen to it." I was like, "Okay, cool. I'll send you over, you know, all the info." I fucking Sweet. forgot, oh. so I was like, "I'm just gonna invite them to the actual thing, so where there you go, they can listen at their leisure. You know, pick and choose. You know, it's yep. it's a buffet of right. podcasts now." <laughs> That's funny because I was talking to somebody this week too, and I was—they were asking. Um, they thought we were live. Mm-hmm. Like, what That's... time? What time do you go on? I'm like, no, we just record it and then we upload it. <clears throat> and then he said, um, 
Oh, so do you go back and re-edit it? And I went, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> I'm too lazy for that shit. That and I think I think if, you know, if we were the clean cut type. Right. You know, it would take out all of us. Yeah, I told him that too. I said I like the raw, unfiltered mm-hmm. feel of it. Like what you see is what you get. Everything, like a lot of media shit you get is so polished and so perfect. And so, the you politics know, behind if it I all. trip over something, I want you to hear it. Like we're real. Right. We're nothing but real here. Right. We're some real ass motherfuckers. Real ass <laughs> Might even get medieval on that ass. Right. I put that I put that <laughs> clip in just for you. Look, the funny thing is I'm probably gonna make that shirt. That's like, awesome. Like on the front of it, it's gonna be the you know, the front part of it. And then you know how he says uh he stops and says something to him and he's like, uh you know, we're gonna get real medieval on that ass. I'm gonna put yeah. it on the back of the shirt. Hell but yeah. I want it to be a fucking I want it to be big. Like big Big. (laughs) it's funny because i actually had the entire intro done Mm -hmm. and i had another clip there and i actually went back and changed it to that one just for you because i appreciate it hell yes like one of your favorite parts look for sure like watching it i was i was grinning from ear to ear (laughs) this movie's great oh actually let me finish this up first uh follow us on the ig on the instagram at 700 tapes can also follow us on Twitter. It's Jasperino underscore 700 tapes. Drop into my DMs. My Ooh. birthday's coming up. Just kidding. Um, oh, hell no. Drop in. Drop in. <laughs> um, so, yeah, find us on your social media, on your interwebs. Listen to us. I am going to start soon working on the website where you will actually be able to go straight to the website to listen to episodes and eventually to watch the episode as yeah. we recorded it. That's going to happen Hell yes. sometime uh, here in a little bit. Hell These yes. are things I've been working on. My brain, for some reason, has been working overtime since I came out of that funk. No. I've had all these crazy ideas and shit that I want to do. So good things are coming. It is Look, it's, it's, it's definitely one of those down moments where you just have to kind of smell the roses for a second or right. fuck off or whatever the case is yep. you know it's that veer to the left or right and then it allows you to get back on you know track and yep. if anything almost make up the time that you lost kind of veering right because now it's like fuck i have six ideas and i didn't yep. have any <laughs> time to get busy hell yes so yeah i've even i don't know if i talked about this with you on here before but i've really been wanting to get into illustrating like oh nice like doing uh, horror movie illustrations or whatever kind of illustrations I want to do, probably horror movie related stuff because that's me. Gotcha. But I really want to do because you know I've got I got the illustrator skills. Right, 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 right. And I should yeah I really want to start doing some stuff for myself and um, maybe get them put on canvas like prints. And you know we you, you know I, what I mean. I, I know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy. Right. That, yeah. Me know. too. <laughs> so yeah, like just little stuff like that. I mean, it's stuff that can also be making made into a shirt. Hell yeah. You know, like, so I really want to get the. Uh, if you if you remember, oh shit. Uh, if you remember, it's probably been two years now, if not three. Let's let's say two years just to be on the uh-huh. safe side. Remember, because uh, I I was just able to start using Photoshop. Now uh-huh. I can use Illustrator and all the blah blah blah. Right. But I uh, I made the. Uh, Fuck, fuck, Hocus Pocus shirt. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, because I make did the file for that for you. I'm going to I'm gonna make that shirt this year. It's, nice. It's a, the, the babysitting well, one night. <laughs> yeah. I was telling Ro earlier this morning, I was like, I need to bring back, when I get the website up and I get the web store going, I need mm-hmm. to bring back some of my old shirt designs. One of them being the one um, that says, Dead Girls Don't Say No. 
Oh, <laughs> that was a good. And then had a silhouette of like like a zombie chick next to the letter to the words. No, was real tall. Gotcha. And um, I thought you were gonna say Bruce Lee at the bomb. No, oh, <laughs> man. So yeah, I had taken those to a show, and they were all guy shirts. And mm-hmm. then girls started asking me, "Where are the girl shirts?" I'm like. I really thought this was like a guy shirt design, and girls were like, no, I would wear the hell out of this. So I'm like, okay. So the next show I went to, I did a bunch of girl tanks, and I sold every single one of them. Badass. It's a good seller, so I'm, it's one of the ones I'm looking forward to bringing back. Hell yeah. Um, bring yeah. it back. Bring it back. But yeah, like I, I'm, I'm glad that uh, we're definitely, um, again, back on track with just everything. And yeah, like... Yeah, <laughs> it it was definitely a hazy ass week last week. Right. This week it seems like again we're both kind of back on par. Back um, in the saddle again. Yeah. Because I'm a cowboy. I'm a steel horse. I ride. I want it. And I want dead it. or alive. Dead anyway, or alive. Alive or dead or something. <laughs> um, while we're on the subject of getting things done. Let's get this out of the way real quick. We are down, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. yeah to the yeah. final two. Two. That's two. Uno T-W-O. Dose. We are down to the final two. Uh, secret words for your secret word contest that we have been having. If you're not aware what that is, shame on you. But let me catch you up if you're a little bit behind. We put a sentence together about our podcast. And we scrambled up the words. And for the last few episodes, we've been giving you one word to the sentence. And once you get all the words, they'll be jumbled up. And then you got to put them together to make a complete sentence. And then you email that to me at 700tapes at gmail.com. And we're going to pick a winner at random. And they're going to get a huge prize pack from The Legacy and myself. Yes. Full of all kinds of crazy stuff. Yes. And now that the uh, Halloween stuff is coming out in the stores, you are really going to get some cool stuff right. in this prize pack. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. So, that being said, and also, once you get all the... You cannot send your answer until you have all the words. Don't cheat. You have to have every single one of the words. Don't try to send it in early if you wait, figure wait, wait, it wait. out. I, I think you should do this in Harvey Cattell voice. That would be dope. Like in, you know, Wolf. Oh, I do see what you're saying. I don't know do, if I, do why exactly you put me on the spot here. You do exactly as I say, exactly when I say it, and you might win something from the 700 Tapes podcast. <laughs> you said 40 minutes? We, right. have, we have about 40 minutes? <laughs> Did you notice when he's looking at his notepad, when he rings the doorbell, he's looking at his notepad, and it said, Jules, black one, Vincent, yes. white one. <laughs> That's why when he goes down. in, you must be Jules <laughs> to make you Vincent or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny. I talked a lot about the little things mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie was great to watch and do notes to because I never had to stop it because I knew exactly what I wanted to talk about where, and I'm just writing little sentences down to remind myself of what I wanted to oh, say. Oh, yeah, this, that, that. Mm-hmm. Because I practically got this movie memorized. It was kind of like from dusk till dawn. There we go. So, yeah, it worked out really well. Hell yes. So, anyway, the secret word this mm-hmm. time, there's mm-hmm. only two left. Two left. The secret word this week is... I, as in me, myself, and I. Anyway, so I. I is the secret word, the letter that comes after H and before J. I. The funny thing is I have to, like, 
I gotta go A B C D E F G H. Right. Ah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, is. I was worried somebody was gonna think it's like I like E Y E like eyeball, mm-hmm. which I guess would work, but not really. But I as an I, mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. I am he as you are me and you are we and we are all together. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So that's your secret word. Sorry, I didn't put a, a shameless plug for Four Loco in. But I ran out. There's only so many clips about secret decoder rings. I mean, there was the uh, Christmas story one, but I thought that was a little too obvious. Right. So I didn't use it. And uh, we're not talking about the guy's silver dart anymore or (laughs) that blind ass little orphan Annie that told me to go fuck myself. Right. I'm still gunning for you, Annie. (laughs) Shit's going down. For real. About to throw down. The shit's about to go down. Me and Legacy about to clown. Ooh. I'm losing my religion. I'm bitching on these stool pigeons. Sorry. Tupacalypse. Okay. <laughs> going you on. Got it, you got it. You Up know. Here. Ooh, shit. <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> They're like, that's not on Tupacalypse. I know. It was just saying Tupacalypse. Yeah, it we Tupac. know that wasn't on Tupacalypse. And, now. And, Sorry. And because it's an ap- apocalyptic setting and. Um, Look outside and feel. So yeah, dude. Yeah, if you you know what you should um <laughs> send me some of them pictures and I could throw it up on the Instagram page so that people can really see the dust storm that you drove through to get here. It's pretty hellacious. Yeah, and I like it, it. That was I no like bullshit. It, it was definitely a it was a, a wall of dirt. <laughs> I um, hope she knows she got a haboob for life, and that's no bullshitting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's cut this shit out now and do a little thing we like to call The Tale of the Tape. In which I read the back of the VHS tape. It's time for Pulp Fiction. Two thumbs up. A wild ride. Cisco and Ebert. A spectacular mix of explosive action and wickedly funny humor, critics and audiences worldwide hailed Pulp Fiction as the star-studded movie event of 1994. Writer-director Quentin Tarantino delivers an unforgettable cast of characters, including a pair of low-rent hitmen, their boss's sexy wife, and a desperate last-chance Pulitzer Prize. My God, let me start that again and a desperate last chance prize fighter in a wildly entertaining big screen adventure now with bonus scenes not shown in theaters or on the original video release hosted by Quentin Tarantino I want to talk about that for a minute well, wasn't that a MacGuffin it was a flub a flub a downright <laughs> flub I don't know why he would have won a Pulitzer Prize right. I don't even know where that shit came from but that's why we give it to you guys raw. Yeah, raw and uncut. What you see is what you get. We were talking about that a little earlier, that we like being, you know, real. Off the cuff. Real talk. Yeah, it is. You know, it is off the cuff and in your face. And we don't practice this shit. Roman literally comes over and we sit down and do what we always do. We're just doing it on the mic. Yep. Which I think is cool. Hell yes. So let's talk about these special features I'm going to pull a Pulp Fiction here, and I'm going to talk about the end of the tape mm-hmm. before the beginning of the tape. 
So it says, uh, now with bonus scenes not shown in theaters or on the original video, video release, hosted by Quentin Tarantino. I'm like, oh, cool. Here's what I think has happened to us. This following PSA is brought to you by the 700 Tapes Podcast and Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Here's our editorial from Jasperino. Here's what I think happened to us. Mm-hmm. I think with uh, DVDs, introduced us really to special features, right. deleted scenes, right. alternate endings, right. things Director's like that. I mean, they used to do that on video every now and then, but literally with every DVD just about that you get, it's got special features of some kind, right. some kind of interview, if not just the trailers, right. something. Then Blu-ray came. And Blu-ray, not only have you got deleted scenes, stuff that got left out, alternate endings... Dude, you got full-on two-hour documentary making of the movie on the Blu-ray, you know? And I was listening to something earlier. They were talking. Oh, it was that um, 80s horror documentary that we were talking about. Okay. In Search of Darkness. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. I lie. Oh. Uh, it was uh, Joe Bob Briggs. I've been watching The Last Drive-In. Oh, nice. Shout out to Joe Bob, my badass. TV host. I was going to call him my buddy, but we don't know each other, so he's my TV buddy. Speaking into existence. I've been watching him for a long time since he was on TNT and Monster Vision. I never missed it. Um, anyway, he was talking about how um, somebody had done. They filmed George Romero filming Day of the Dead, and they did a documentary on it. Badass. And at that time, documentary films about the making of another film was very rare and unheard of. So mm-hmm. it was like a big deal. And he was saying, now with the onset of Blu-ray, we're used to it, because every Blu-ray we get has a making of I like the the new Planet of the Apes movies that came out in the last few years. Uh-huh. Like uh, it was Dawn of Planet of the Apes, Rise of Planet of the Apes, and War for Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Those movies are amazing. I love those movies. They were very well done. I'm a big fan of the the old movies with Charlton Heston. <laughs> Damn you all to hell! You blew it up. Get your hands off you me! Blew you blew it up. Ape. But um, you're so ugly. I appreciate it. I know, right? <laughs> I appreciated them as something different. Right. But I loved the uh, special effects. I love the CGI work. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I'm a practical effects guy, but I was really, really impressed with the CGI work. Look, my favorite in this movie. part, and, and like all of them, is when Caesar's like, No! Oh my God, right? <laughs> no! Because it, it, is, it is so profound. <laughs> and then didn't he say, Get your hands off me, you dirty human, or something Look, like that? Oh my gosh. But that, that initial. Oh, I know, dude, it first, gave me goosebumps. Yeah. I was like, Oh, and you knew it was going to happen. Right. It's like, Oh shit. But I love every one of those Blu-rays that I have mm-hmm. has a making of featurette that's like an hour long almost. It's badass. Yeah, it's cool. And it shows them working with the green screens and them having to wear the funky costume with the little dots all over it so they mm-hmm. can make him into Caesar and all the shit he had to do. It was really cool. I really enjoy watching that stuff. It's badass. So let's rewind now. Okay. Be kind. Mm, be kind. Rewind. Which is funny, because when we started this podcast, I really wanted to call the review segment. Remember I told you I wanted mm-hmm. to call the review segment the Be Kind Rewind? Mm-hmm. And I never did it. I need to uh, make an intro that says that. And now it's time for the, the Be Kind Rewind. <laughs> I don't know. It won't be that, but let me work on it. Anyway, it said there were special features on this, hosted by Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. So I let the credits roll. 
About 30 seconds later, it starts up, and it's Quentin Tarantino, and he's introducing a deleted scene mm-hmm. that was the um, original part of the apartment scene for Mia Wallace when Vincent first comes over. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. He's explaining why it got left out. He's explaining um, what he was thinking when he wrote it and why he left it out and blah, 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 and this and that, mm-hmm. and things he wished he would have done differently with it. And then here's the scene, and they play the scene. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. So then it's uh, him again, and he's talking about an extended scene of Bruce Willis in the taxi cab with the um, Esmeralda Villalobos. And he said they had to cut it down for time or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then they play it. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that was pretty cool, too. So I'm waiting. And there's just blackness. And then the tape ends. And I was like, that's it. That's that's all there there was. So my question (laughs) to you is, in 1994, would that be suffice? That's what I'm saying. Yes, in 1994, <laughs> I'd have been like, dude, that was badass. I saw the extended scene and the deleted scene, and Quentin Tarantino was on there. But I was at least expecting him to come up at the end and be like, I'm Quentin Tarantino. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. You know, or something like a, a goodbye, or it was just ended. So do you and feel like, like your expectations were a little too high because knowing, you know, the what we have now? Yes, because I know for a fact, because I think I have it. There's a super dope pimped out special edition of Pulp Fiction on on DVD because mm-hmm. I don't have it on Blu-ray yet because I'm waiting for the perfect one to come out. And um, but that DVD's got a shit ton of stuff on it. That's you badass. can go on there and read the script along with the oh, movie. Damn. Yeah, it's freaking cool. And it's funny because like that part where they're getting hosed off and they got to put on the t-shirt and the shorts. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what Jules had on his, but I remember John Travolta. It says UC Santa Cruz banana slugs, and it's got a logo and everything. In the script, it actually described what shirts they were wearing. Like, that's how detailed the script was. It was really cool. And and, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in Dust Till Dawn, it was the same thing with Tarantino. Oh, yeah. Being very, very meticulous about, you know, what is war, why, all that. He's built a world, and he knows exactly what he wants in it, and why he wants it in it, and what it symbolizes by being there, mm-hmm. and that's what he wants. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, um, let's go ahead, since we're already uh, into it and kind of talking about it, we'll go ahead and check out the trailer here for uh, good old Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. We'll go ahead and do that now. It does taste grand at the snack bar or at your car. During intermission, enjoy a toddy, the delicious chocolate drink in a can. Ice cold or steaming hot, toddy hits the they spot hot with toddy. everybody. See how much better that popcorn Flash or like those hot dogs taste with toddy. Mmm, delicious. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this... Happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you. 500 bucks. Miramax Films is proud to present one of the most celebrated motion pictures of the year. The winner of the 1994 Palme d'Or. The best picture 
of the Cannes Film Festival. Come on, let's get in character. Why are you so interested in big man's wife? Well, he's going out of town, I'm sorry, and he asked me if I could take care of him while he's gone. Take care of him? No, man. Just make sure it's a good time, make sure she don't get lonely. Girl. You see, this is a moral test of oneself. I do believe Marcellus, my husband, your boss, told you to take me out and do whatever I wanted. I love you so much, can't count on Whether or not you can maintain loyalty. Night of the fight, you may feel a slight sting. Pride only hurts, it never helps. In the fifth, your ass goes down. I have to say, play with matches, you get burned. We should have shotguns for this kind of deal. We're in a lot of danger, aren't we? I'm prepared to scout the earth for that night. Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? Get down, get down. You got a corpse in a car, minus a head in the garage. Take me to it. Don't you hate that? Hate what? Uncomfortable silences. John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Uma Thurman, Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, Amanda Plummer, Maria de Medeiros, Bing Ring. Eric Stoltz, Rosanna Arquette, Christopher Walker, and Bruce Willis. Looking at something, friend? Ain't my friend looking. Die, you mother! A new film directed by Quentin Tarantino. Pulp Fiction. You really thinking about quitting? Most definitely. What's she gonna do then? Basically, I'm just gonna walk the earth. What you mean, walk the earth? You know, like Kane in Kung Fu. <laughs> so, in other words, you're going to be a bum. Be a bum. No, I just told you. Kane <laughs> from like, Kung Fu. No job, no current address, no income. You're going to be a bum. It, it makes you a fucking bum. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so, um, yes. Very excited. Pulp Fiction. Written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. You may have heard of him. He did some other movies. Reservoir Dogs. Kill Bill. Jackie Brown. Did he do Donnie Brasco? No. Oh. Django Unchained. <laughs> the Django. The Django. <laughs> the D is silent. Uh, you said Foxy Brown? Foxy Brown. Oh, Foxy um, Brown. Even though he's not... On it, it's still uh, True Romance. True Romance, uh, yeah, also from Dust Till Dawn, he was associated with. Natural Born Killer is one of my other favorite movies yes. associated with, which I'm going to draw a parallel to in this nice. review, so stay tuned for that. Nice. So this movie, we've got an all-star cast, just about, which is very impressive for somebody's Cannes Film Festival submission. And I actually was looking at trivia on this that said... Uh, a lot of the actors, specifically Uma Thurman and Bruce Willis, really did this movie for under the amount that they would normally do a movie for to help him out because they badass. liked it so much. That's badass. But this movie stars Tim Roth, Amanda Plummer, John Travolta, Samuel Jackson, Phil Lamar, uh, Bruce Willis, Ving Rhames, Rosanna Arquette, Eric Stoltz, Uma Thurman. Um, one of the other Arquette brothers, I can't remember which one, Steve Buscemi, uh, 
Right. One of the uh, Christopher Walken, of course, can't forget him. Um, Kathy Griffin's in it for a second. Um, what's her name that played Pat? Um, Alexis Arquette's in it. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Um, Harvey Keitel. Julia Sweeney. That's who I was thinking of. Gotcha. Julia Sweeney is in it for a minute. She's at the very end. Remember, she played Pat on Saturday Night Live. Oh, yes. You weren't quite yes. sure if it was a guy or a girl. Yes, it was Julia yes, Sweeney. Yes, oh, yes. I'm Pat. How <laughs> <laughs> gross. That's uh, so funny. So, the. Uh, who was the black guy that uh, that's in the the apartment? Marvin. Yeah. That's um. I just uh, Phil Lamar. Okay, because I'm like he's. I'm trying to think what else was he in. I just clicked the button. Let's take a look. Let's see. Let's take a look. See. Da, 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 da. But he's you know he's in it very briefly. He was oh he's a he does voice acting on Futurama Samurai Jack. Samurai. Mad Samurai, TV. Samurai Jack, 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 right? Jack. But I know he's uh, like a like a comedian almost, if I'm not mistaken. Looks like oh he's been on the uh, the new Harley Quinn TV series on DC Channel that I've been wanting to get, mm-hmm. but I don't want to pay for. It. I'm just kind of waiting for the Harley Quinn series to come out on Blu-ray so I can just buy it and binge it. <laughs> um, F is for Family. Yeah, that show's funny. Yeah, he's on that. That show's definitely funny. Um, he's been on Rick and Morty. Um, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Family Guy, The Flash, DC Superhero Girls. He's John Stewart's voice. Oh, the Green Lantern. That's badass. Hell yeah, I, I love John Stewart. He's such a different play on the Green Lantern because mm-hmm. both Hal Jordan and um, oh, what's the other guy's name? Um, I was gonna be real insensitive, but I was gonna say the gay one. <laughs> No. Because if I'm not mistaken, the Green Lantern, one of them is gay. I think that was Guy Gardner. Okay. I'm just saying that because I hate Guy Gardner. Even though his <laughs> figure is right behind his... I hate him, but I love him. That's it, weird. It wasn't It wasn't the... <laughs> what? I was going to say it wasn't... Uh, what's fucking Deadpool's name? Oh, no, it wasn't <laughs> Wade Wilson. <laughs> or the actor. I can't think of his that name. That would... Oh, Ryan Reynolds. There we go. I, was, I knew it was Ryan. I no, I was talking about in the comics. Uh, Hal Jordan and um, Kyle. Guy. Was it Kyle Kyle Renner? No. Uh-huh. I'm Jeremy Renner. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kyle Rayner. His name was Kyle Rayner. And Kyle Rayner was kind of a jokester. Mm-hmm. And... Well, I guess Hal Jordan wasn't really a jokester, but he did crazy shit too, like, you know. But John Stewart was such a straightforward, commanding, like, no bullshit Green Lantern. Like, I ain't fucking around, I ain't joking. Yeah, I'm here to do a job. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Bad ass. I always liked him a lot. I always thought out of those three, Kyle Rayner was the weakest one. That and he he was very stoic. Like just Yeah. He reminds me a lot of Marv, like uh Mar uh Martian? No, um I said Marvin. Uh, the dude that played the president on 24 that yep. does all the American Family Insurance. Definitely. If they ever did a movie, he would be a per- he would be the perfect one to be uh, John Stewart. Definitely. I think. Definitely. Or maybe Idris Elba, because he's younger. He's a lot younger because the progressive or the American Family guys. He's getting up there. He's probably he's, in his 60s. That yeah. and if I'm not mistaken, he was on uh, SWAT. Oh, no, Flashpoint. That it was a it's a SWAT show. He was like the captain or some shit like that. Oh really? Yeah. That's cool. But he has that very very, very iconic oh, voice. Oh yeah. Superman Red Sun he was in. Um he's Captain Underpants. 
Tra-la-la. Lots of voice acting for superhero movies. I like that. Yes. Bob's Burgers. He was in Frozen 2. Uh, Spider-Man. Scooby-Doo and Guess Who. Dang. Yeah, there it goes. A very long filmography for uh, the guy we know as Marvin who gets shot in the face. <laughs> so anyway, um, Pulp Fiction, as we know, was released in 1994. Um, produced by Lawrence Bender. Danny DeVito is an executive producer. That's kind of cool. Yep, look, and the funny thing is it says it right there, too, on your big-ass poster right there. Oh, yeah, Danny DeVito. Yep. Right there, right, like right under Jason X. I have a huge, uh, I have a huge Subway-sized uh, Pulp Fiction poster hanging in the studio, which I posted pictures of on the Instagram. If you want to check it out on the IG, it's uh, seven at seven hundred tapes. You can check out all those pictures. I actually just took a couple of selfies of me and Roman. I'll be dropping on there a little bit later. Hell yeah! I tried to get one of both of us, but I couldn't get it to focus because I've got the the mood lighting going in here. If you guys remember last week, I had to get up and turn the light on because I couldn't see. But I think uh, I somehow fixed that. I don't know how because it's the same exact amount of lighting. Anyway, um, Pulp Fiction, getting mm. back to the movie at hand. One thing I definitely have to say is I like that um, Quentin Tarantino, it's almost the same thing that um, Adam Sandler does is he hires his fucking friends. Yep. Same thing with um, um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim, Tim Burton. Burton. You know, he's yep. keeping his friends. Right, his circle of friends. I can I can appreciate that because in any Quentin Tarantino movie, you're going to see somebody that you've seen before. Yep. And I and I love the recycled actors. Absolutely. You would you would think that it would be. I think he picks well enough actors to where mm-hmm. you're like, okay, well, you know, you're this person in Pulp Fiction. Like, let's take Sam Jack in Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. right? And then he's Sam Jack and oh, Django. Django. But they're two totally yep, different fucking... Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, it's funny because um, the budget on this movie was $8 million. $8 million. And uh, opening weekend, it, it made $9 million. It was released on October 16th, 1994. But the gross across the USA altogether was $107 million. So that's amazing. It wasn't that well received on opening weekend, I guess, but it more than made up for it. And the cumulative worldwide gross was $222 million. So off an $8 million movie, it's... that's a pretty good... <laughs> that, and you got to think, $8 million, that's shoestring. That is, dude, that's more than shoestring. That is absolutely like... <laughs> Dental floss? Right. It's not like, well, I guess uh, we did Evil Dead last week, and that was 350000 was it? But or you got to think, like and, and, uh, if you think but inflation... You at, yeah, that's true. You know, then, because that's what, 70, what, what what was it, like 74 or something like that? Mm-hmm. You got to think, that that money probably stretched a little further than... right. The eight million in ninety four, right? Just saying. Cool. So I got some trivia here. Mm-hmm. In the opening sequence with Honey Bunny and Pumpkin, Jules can be heard talking about quitting the life, and Vincent can be seen entering the bathroom. Pretty cool. Nice. 
The movie cost only $8 million to make. The initial budget was reportedly even lower until Bruce Willis was added to the cast. He had a recent string of domestic flops, but was still a box office draw overseas. $5 million went to pay the actors and actresses' salaries. The film was already profitable when its worldwide rights were sold for $11 million, again mainly on the strength of Willis's presence. It went on to gross over $200 million at the box office. Dang, five million of that went to pay the actors. That's badass. That's though. crazy, and that's where I was saying Uma Thurman and Bruce Willis really took a cut because normally that five million would have just went to him. If if not, you know more. what I mean? Yeah. Sheesh. Sheesh. The 1964 Chevy Malibu convertible driven by Vincent Vega belonged to writer and director Quentin Tarantino, and was stolen during production of the film. In 2013, a police officer saw two kids stripping an older car. He arrested them, and while looking up the owner of the vehicle, he found the van had been altered. It turned out that it was Tarantino's stolen car. The owner had recently purchased it and had no idea it was stolen. Wow. Yeah, how crazy is that? Wow. That's badass. Quentin Tarantino is quoted as saying that Butch is responsible for King Vincent's car. And I have always wondered that. Because he's talking about that with Eric Stoltz after he's been to the bar and has the altercation with, him. with Bruce Willis. Because he's like, man, I had it out five days. Five yeah. days and he yep. gets fucking keyed. We'll talk about that a little more in depth when we get there. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, yeah, I always, always thought that. Really? Uma, it, it, it never even crossed my mind. Really? Yeah. But you've, you've seen the movie enough so times. So many times. Things kind of just start to I was sitting sense. here talking along with it as I was taking notes. I was taking notes three or four scenes ahead of where it was in the movie. Wow. I think I might have stopped it once, and that was because I wanted to go down and have a cigarette. Mm. So, yeah, like, this was the first time. Because usually, for, let's say a movie's an hour and a half, it takes me almost three hours to watch it. Gotcha. Because I constantly have to pause it and make a note. And if I see something I want to look up, because this is what we pride ourselves here at this podcast is... You're going to get some information about the movie that you never knew. Right. Or that you never heard or right. that you haven't heard that often. Because I'll see something in the background. I will pause it, mm -hmm. go back to my computer, and Google it. And then I'll research that for a minute. Then go back to the movie, make some notes on it. You know what I mean? So it takes... It, I kind of like it, though, because this has really become my weekends is putting this together and then doing it. Mm -hmm. Cause usually I spend Saturday putting together the intros mm -hmm. and looking for old movie trailers and movie bumps and stuff like that. And by the way, I'm working on Halloween stuff already. Like I'm already <laughs> looking at Halloween, old Halloween commercials and stuff. I'm super excited. Badass. But I have to point this out. I'm going to point it out again when we use it. There's a commercial, it's an old candy commercial from like 1985, 1986 uh -huh. for um, some kind of Halloween candy or something, but it's got a bunch of kids jumping around and happy and like digging out the candy or whatever. They're not in costume, they're regular clothes. Mm -hmm. The one kid is wearing the green and white striped polo shirt from Blue's Clues. Oh, damn. It is the exact, it is the exact shirt that damn. Steve wears on Blue's Clues. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm gonna, when I see it again, I'm going to take a screenshot of it. I'm going to put it on Instagram to Damn. prove it to everybody that I'm not nuts. Mm -hmm. It's the same exact fucking shirt. Oh, shit. Ten years before there was ever such anything as Blue's Clues. Oh, shit. Because Blue's Clues didn't come out until the 90s. This commercial was from like 1985 or something like that. Hmm. Mandela Effect? I about to say, look, are we talking Mandela Effect? Right? Hmm. We just figured out Blue's Clues. We just figured out Blue's Clues. We just figured out Blue's Clues. Go and fuck yourself. Woo! 
Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We just got a Oh, my God, no. Don't right. start it. Man, when you have kids. Mail call. Mail call. <laughs> you know what show I like that I'm almost ashamed to say that I was into? Oh, is it Bear in the Big Blue House? No, but let me tell you a funny story about that. All right. My daughters used to be into watching that when they were really, really little, like three right. and four years old. But there was always that part where the bear would come up to the screen and sniff around. Hey, you smell good. Did you have pancakes for breakfast? And when he used to do that, I would run over to the TV and stick my butt at the screen so like he was sniffing my butt and going, man, you smell good. Are those pancakes I smell? And my kids would just throw fits. They would be so mad at me. Stop it. You're ruining the show. Like, I smell... Right. I smell. Right. I smell pussy. Oh my god! <laughs> Off a of house party. Damn. I didn't think we were going there, but yeah. Right. You know, the house hey. was smelling. You know what I missed the boat on? Which one? You remember Orange Is the New Black? Uh-huh. Did you just watch that? Uh-huh. Remember Pusey? <laughs> yes. Dude, I should have. I wanted to make a shirt that said, "Hey, we want some Pusey." <laughs> and I, I don't know why. It was one of those ideas I had, and I never did it. And now oh, the show's not really relevant shit. anymore. But I think I would have sold a shit ton of those so, had I jumped on it. I, uh, I actually met um, Two Life Crew. No, oh. Luke. But that's funny. I, I wish <laughs> Uncle Luke. Um, uh, no relations. He's not my uncle, but you know mm-hmm. Uncle Luke. Yeah. <laughs> um, the redhead chick from Orange Is the New Black. Um, she's in Star Trek Voyager. No, no, it's in, not that chick. Um, oh, you're talking American about, Pie. She's, you're talking about the junkie chick. Yeah, I can't think of her name. But I can't think. Of her name I met her. In, I like her. Um, she's cool. I met her in Hollywood. Really? Like real shit. So uh, the my old job I used to buy cars, mm-hmm. and they're based out of California, so. I had to do training out there, so I'm looking at this lady's fucked up, uh, like, she had, like, a Range Rover or something, mm-hmm. and they're in, like, these condos, and she walks out, you know, walking her dog, and I'm like, I stopped the lady, I'm like, hey, can you give me, like, two seconds? I just have to go, you know, do something very quickly, and she's like, yeah, cool, yeah, sure. So I walk over to her, I'm like, hey, look, I don't want to be all, like, starstruck or nothing like that. I was like, but you're badass, and I really like oranges and a new black. She's nice. like, sweet. She's like, thanks. Right? So I get to take a picture. I took, a, you know, just a quick selfie with her. Uh-huh. And um, like two hours later, I was still there trying to wrap up this car. And um, she looks at me she, like she's pulling out. And she's like, hey. She waves at me and then drove off. I was like, dang. Natasha Leon. There we go. Yes. I was like, yeah, that's she's cool. badass. Because, like, she, you know, not only did she stop her day. You know, again, I wasn't like trying to like bum rush or nothing like that, but right. I was like, "Hey, I know who you are, and you're badass." So acknowledging me even after the right. fact, two hours later, was pretty badass. So shout out to her. I had a friend of mine. Um, God bless Amoeba Records. It's not there anymore. Oh, it closed, dude. I think the uh, over the COVID thing, they had to go. Out, they went out of business. Wow. So we lost an amazing goddamn record store in LA called Amoeba Records. I got glad I got to go there when I did and got to see it. But uh, a buddy of mine ran into Rob Zombie there. Wow. Yeah, and they just he kind of did the same thing, kind of quiet, like, right. Hey, man, enjoy your movies. You know, thanks a lot. You know, like he don't. And Rob Zombie seemed really grateful that he didn't bring a lot of attention. He was like, oh, thank you. And you know, that was it. Like he right. didn't make a big deal. Hey, buddy, it's Rob it's Zombie over here. Yeah. Like, he's like, your music sucks, but your movies are all right. Oh uh, no, I, no, I disagree. No, no, no. I was just saying that because I like. I think Rob Zombie's music is badass. I think his movies are good too, which is an unpopular opinion in it's the horror depending. in the horror community. It's kind of an unpopular opinion, but I love his movies. 
because I love him too. So his music, his movies, <laughs> everything. See right in front of me. Right. Did you notice I moved the Avengers? I did. I wanted to be able to look at you while mm -hmm. we talked. Mm -hmm. I recently, if you guys have been on... into my eyes. Exactly. <laughs> if you guys have been on Instagram, you've seen that I've been building my Avengers collection. Mm -hmm. And I had it all sitting on the desk by the soundboard, which was really obscuring my vision of, of Roman. And I'd ask him before, I'm like, are you all right? Because you're kind of staring at everybody's butts because they were all facing me and they had their backs to him. And he was like, no, it's okay. They smelled like pancakes. They smelled like pancakes. Especially Captain America. That's a... <laughs> That's America's ass. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. But what I did was I moved them to another shelf that I'm not happy with. I have a lot of rearranging to do in here. It's time to do that. But I thought I'd do you a favor. I put the Sherry Moon zombie figure in front of you with mm -hmm. the assless pants. So at least you have a nicer ass to look at there we go. while we're podcasting. So I've also got Otis and good old Captain Spaulding up there. But they. My guy. R.I.P. Vig Sid Haig. Vig Sig Haig. Sid Haig. Jesus. R.I.P. Sid Haig. Big ups. Right. Big ups, man. God bless but, um, they, they, Their pants are not assless, but that's okay. <laughs> What's the matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? Aren't we fucking funny? <laughs> Speaking of fuck, the word fuck is used 265 times in this film. 234 of those from Sam Jackson. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. So, um, and I've said this for years too, Mr. Blonde, a.k.a. Vic Vega, played by Michael Madsen in Reservoir Dogs, is the brother of Vincent Vega. Quentin Tarantino even had a spin-off film in development titled The Vega Brothers, which was a prequel to both movies. This film was scrapped because both actors were too old to play younger versions of themselves. I don't fucking care. Make the movie with different actors because I want to see that. That'd really, be, really bad. That'd be badass. Dude. Because I've been saying they were brothers for years. I've been telling people that. Because of the last names? or Yeah, because of the last names and just the whole... I think there was three of them, to be honest with you. Really? Because in Natural Born Killers, mm -hmm. the, um, the um, parole officer that's hunting them down, or the federal officer that's hunting them down, mm -hmm. that's fascinated with, uh, with Mallory... Uh-huh. Um. Oh, what was the connection? I totally lost it now. His name was Scagnetti. Um, the connection was in Reservoir Dogs. Um, they're talking to Mr. Blonde, Vic Vega, mm -hmm. and they're like, "What about your parole officer?" He goes, "It's an asshole named Scagnetti." Oh. So I think. He, he was also Vic Vega's parole officer, and maybe later on, years later down the line, he got promoted to detective or whatever, mm -hmm. to where he was the same Scagnetti from Natural Born Killers. That's my connection there. Gotcha. Again, same writer. You right. know what I mean? Easter egg. Yes, absolutely. And, but there's several names that are used in Tarantino movies all the time that just get tossed around, and I don't know that they're just names he thought sounded cool, mm -hmm. or maybe people he knew. He had an uncle Scagnetti or right. something. You know, but it happens a lot. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little more in, during the movie also. Um, in the diner, when Mia offers her five or when Mia offers her $5 milkshake, Buddy Holly, the waiter who is played by Oh yeah, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi yeah. Ask her if she wants a Martin and Lewis or Amos and Andy. He's referring to the comedy duos, of course, mm -hmm. Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, who are two white men, and the Amos and Andy show, who are two black men. 
basically he's offering her if she wants vanilla or vanilla chocolate, chocolate which i actually wrote that down in my notes because i think it's cool mm-hmm. just like when he asked uh, vincent bloody if he wants or... a steak burnt to a crisp or bloody as hell mm-hmm. that's pretty cool i would like to have a restaurant like that jackrabbit slims to go to because i think it would be cool right harvey Keitel convinced his friend bruce willis to take part in the film knowing that willis had been a big fan of reservoir dogs which is pretty cool that's badass um, the one I was going to read earlier was uh, Uma Thurman did not actually like the song that was played in the Jack Rabbit Slim's twist contest, Chuck Berry's You Never Can Tell, and she told Quentin Tarantino about this, saying it just did not sound right. Quentin Tarantino simply replied, trust me, it's perfect. <laughs> and it was. And it was. So, uh, Bashemi's in Reservoir Dogs, right? Yes, he's Mr. Pink. Right, that's what I was going to say. I think he's Mr. Pink, right? Right. So... You don't think there was any connection with that? You just think you just kind of threw him in there like, eh. He was undercover? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is our cat. I don't want to get too much into the the, the suitcase, but we're going to get into the briefcase. Good. We're going to get into the movie. Good. Uma Thurman originally turned down the role of Mia Wallace. Quentin Tarantino was so desperate to have her as Mia, he ended up reading her the script over the phone, finally convincing her to take the role. Do you know why he wanted her so bad from Mia Wallace? This yes. is just conjecture on my part yes. from seeing so many different Tarantino movies. I'm, look, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this because let's see if we're vibing. All right, the pilot, right, is Kill Bill, isn't it? Kinda, yeah. Isn't that what you know? Because he's talking pretty about much. The well, boom, boom, you boom. know, Uma Thurman uh-huh. and Tarantino came up with the idea for Kill Bill on the set of Pulp Fiction. It makes sense. My whole thinking is, he just wanted a reason to film her feet. Just think about this. You got that whole shot. Well, Tarantino's got a foot fetish, un- okay. undeniably. Think about the scene from From Dust Till Dawn. Right. Where she like, got her toes in his feet. mouth. Okay. Then there's a whole part in this movie where we're talking about a foot massage. And then when, when Mia Wallace comes out, before you see just about anything else on her except her mouth, it's close up of her feet. Mm. Kill Bill. If you remember, she's laying in the car, that big close-up of her feet, and she's like, move your big toe. Move. Oh, that was volume two, wasn't it? I, I don't know. Oh, no, it was Kilburn volume one. Move your big toe. She's all you know? fucked up. Yeah. So, yeah, he's definitely got a foot thing going on there, but I think he just, yeah, he's in love with Uma Thurman's feet Look, for I was, some reason. I was laughing when, you know, they're, they're going through the progressions of the pilot. Uh-huh. And, you know, when they're sitting at the, yep. the car and she's like, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, kill Bill. Right. <laughs> except, yeah, except the uh, Deadly Viper Assassination Squad wasn't our girls. Right. They it just was... threw Michael Madsen in later. But, but I, I should have been the motherfucking the... Black Mamba. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the, you know, the plot. Yeah. You know? Pretty much, yeah. I'm like, that's Fox badass. Force 5. So Bruce Willis worked on the film for only 18 days. He came and did his shit and got out. Yeah, he I love this shit. one. He did. <laughs> Jules, Jules's badass or Jules's bad motherfucker wallet belonged to Quentin Tarantino. The inscription on the wallet is in reference to a theme song to the theme song of Shaft. Samuel <laughs> Jackson played the title character in Shaft in 2000 and in 2019. Mm-hmm. Neither of which were very good. Oh. I was really yeah. I was yeah. a little disappointed. I'm like, I almost think, because yeah. I think they tried to be too serious with it. The first one and then the second one was way too far. Like Yes. I, I think like, they oh. should have hired oh. somebody, like maybe had Tarantino do it, mm-hmm. 
and just make it a, a 70s black exploitation film remake like that's i don't think shaft works any other way right because it, he's he's the epitome of you know black coolness yeah, in the 70s he totally bad motherfucker you you're know? right watch your mouth shut your mouth shut your mouth shut your mouth you know, I mean, but you got it. It's 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 almost along the same lines as Foxy Brown. Yeah, you know, like how how Tarantino. That's did exactly that. how Foxy Brown is done. It it, nice. So it is because that is the genre, that is the feel, that is you know the look. We're of saying it Foxy all. Brown is Jackie Brown. You know, you know. What I mean. Did I say Jackie Brown earlier, or did I say Foxy Brown? I don't know. If no, I, I didn't say, Jackie. I think if I didn't Jackie. say Jackie Brown, I apologize. You know, we we were in our rapper's bag. <laughs> That's wiggity wiggity whack. I don't know. I don't know Foxy Brown. You know. Uh, oh, I like no Foxy Brown. No, I'm saying I don't know. I don't in the late nineties, I couldn't tell you. A I don't verse. know what she looks like now. No, but I'm saying I couldn't give you a verse. Oh, I know one because just because she was shit, she did with Jay Z. Right, let me hear. It. But it was I don't remember now. Right. Uh, it was that one song where she's like, "Lay down this bitch, play down this bitch." Oh. It's on the. Uh, <laughs> it's on the Hard Knock Life album, gotcha. Hard Knock Volume Three or whatever it is. But shit. it's a Hard Knock Life. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. us, and it always had. It also had that. Can I get a fuck you? Can I get a what what? Yeah, but it was fuck you actually on yeah. the album. <laughs> they had to say what what on the radio, just like Kanye. Right. She ain't messing with no broke broke. broke broke. Yo, funny thing you bring that up. I think Tarantino like takes the opportunity to say. Oh my God! There was so much in this movie that I'm like, how am I going to talk about this without? coming out and saying because that. They, they say the same thing in Django. like i think they right. was like 270 times to say yep. nigger and not nigga it's and you know, hard r E-R, we like to say er. hard r and it's funny because that story where leonardo dicaprio was uncomfortable with it mm-hmm. and samuel L. jackson finally pulled him aside and said just get over it and say it it's a tuesday to us <laughs> <laughs> but in this one I like, was we like, never heard that before i was like okay well Dead nigger, dead nigger, dead nigger. I was like, oh, shit, shit, Jeez. shit. Yeah. ERs are kind of hard. Can I tell you, you scare the shit out of me every time you do that. I'm just, I'm just waiting to get the letter from iTunes or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But we're rebels here on the right. Podcast. Bring it on. Bring it on. Free speech. Woo! Free speech. Just watch what you say. <laughs> that was a nice T-album. Remember that? Yes. I, I rock with it. Hell yeah. Old school. Hell yes. Quentin Tarantino wrote the character of Winston the Wolf Wolf specifically for Harvey Keitel. Hmm. I love me some Harvey Keitel. You can go from Mr. Uh, He was Mr. Orange, right? No, Tim Roth was Mr. Orange. Harvey Keitel was Mr. White. I was about to say white. But you go straight from him explaining to uh, Mr. Orange... How to do a bank robbery and cutting off people's pinkies and bash a broad in the nose and shut her ass up and <laughs> I'm hungry, let's go get a taco. And then you go from that to Mr. Wolf, Mr. Tuxedo at eight thirty in the morning wearing down to business bow tie. Down to brass tacks. Then you go flip over to Hank Hill. Hank Hill. <laughs> oh, I'm in control. Word. Uh, uh, what is it? What, what the whole say? state of Texas was looking for you, even the FBI. <laughs> We're self-contained. <laughs> We're <know> self-contained. <laughs> the bed in the motorhome's okay, but it's not like a real bed. Damn it, Bobby! Damn it, Bobby! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is definitely the progression of Harvey Cartel. So, did you notice this? Because I noticed this when it <laughs> happened. 
The quote Jules uses is supposed to be from Ezekiel 25:17 in the Old Testament. It's not really, but just a part of it. Mm-hmm. But in Captain America Winter Soldier, when Nick Fury is supposed to be dead, his headstone reads, The Path of the Righteous Man, Ezekiel 25:17. Oh, I didn't. I noticed that in the movie theater, and I just about shit myself. That's like, badass. Literally, I was like, did everybody see that? That's badass. <laughs> that is definitely badass. And then people, I think, caught it and then started laughing, like giggling, because I was like, oh, my God. I was freaking out. That's badass. That, like, for sure. For sure. It was nice. <laughs> I was like, please don't make me stand up right now. <laughs> Hard on. Right? Chubb. Nerd boner. <laughs> what was that called? Nerdgasm. <laughs> so the parts of Honey Bunny and Pumpkin were written specifically for Amanda Plummer and Tim Roth. So he did a lot of, like you were saying, his friends mm-hmm. wrote him in there. Because Roth is is uh, what color? And Reservoir Dogs. I was like, where are we going with White. this? <laughs> White. He's Mr. Orange. There we go. But I was like... Where's he going with this? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I just broke out in a little bit of a sweat. A sweat. Anyway, uh, this is one of the first movies to use internet for advertising. Oh. All right. My 12-year-old son called me this morning. He lives in Missouri. Gotcha. He called me first thing this morning about 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Like, what's up? And he's losing his shit because they just moved. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to have internet for two weeks. <laughs> and he is beside himself does not know what he's going to do and then freaked out when i was like dude you know when i was a kid there was no such thing as the internet it right. didn't exist yet and he was right. like what the internet's what? only like 26 years yeah old. so then i tell him there's lots of things you can do without the internet he's like what so read a book draw watch a movie go outside and play you know like listen to music get into music i was like, about play. i was about your age when i got into music and uh yeah he play he literally scoffed at me oh (laughs) did you just tell me to read a book (laughs) you bastard (laughs) i don't even know you father (laughs) you know that that is funny did he literally scoffed at me (laughs) like i insulted him for telling him to read a book dude i'm like this is a perfect opportunity to get into music like Right. Go find some music to listen to. Like, I don't know. Whatever. But it, anyway, yeah. It is crazy that our our lives are so entangled. It scares me, man. It's like drug addiction, that yeah. internet thing. You take, dude, take the Xbox one of these kids and they, oh, man, my, my skin's itchy. Do <laughs> you see that moving over there? It's like a drug addiction. It's scary. It's like, sheesh. That's why I got a plethora of CDs mm-hmm. and movies mm-hmm. and albums mm-hmm. and physical media. That's why I love physical media. Let's say physical media is definitely important. I've still. got a shit ton of physical media to keep me entertained because let me tell you, the minute they want to bring us all to their knees, to our knees, all they got to do is no more internet. We just shut all the internet off. Mm-hmm. Everybody will lose their minds. I will lock myself in my house and have a horror movie marathon and listen to every Beatles album in order. I want to hold you. Right? Hey, Jude, don't make it bad. (laughs) Anyway, um, the cab driver, Esmeralda Villalobos, Angela Jones, appeared in a 30-minute short called Curdled, in which she played a character who cleaned up after murders. This makes her fascinated by the idea of murder. Quentin Tarantino saw that film and decided to include the character in this movie, but as a cab driver. Hmm. And that's why her that little part of the movie was such a big deal to everybody, and that's why. 
Okay. So, the role of Vincent Vega was originally and exclusively written with Michael Madsen firmly in mind. Quentin Tarantino had been working on his script for seven months, and even though Madsen knew of Tarantino's plans and had expressed the desire to play the part, Madsen had already signed up for a role of Virgil Earp in Wyatt Earp and was unable to commit to the film. He later regretted the decision. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. If it had been Tombstone, I think that would have been different. But Wyatt Earp was the Kevin Costner one, Mm -hmm. and he was not so good. (laughs) Not so good. And it was hella way longer than it should have been. Yeah. What was that, like three hours long? More? Yeah. It seemed tell. like more. What what Kevin Costner movie isn't long? Right. Like. And it'll never beat the scene in Tombstone, where. Uh, <laughs> I'll be your huckleberry. No, I know. I, I, that's look, that's my, look, that's my favorite. That's line my favorite scene too. But because Doc. My the, but it will never be the scene in Tombstone where Wyatt Earp's wife was an opium addict and she's out in the rain screaming at Wyatt. Go be with your Jew whore. Go be with your Jew whore. <laughs> wow. Just wow. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. All righty then. Wow. The screenplay says that Zed and Maynard are brothers. Okay. Crazy. Look, go up real quick. Uh, it says the role of Butch. The role of Butch was originally supposed to be an up-and-coming boxer. Matt Dillon was in talks to play the role, but never committed. Quentin Tarantino then changed the role and offered it to Bruce Willis, who had been disappointed in not being signed to play Vincent. Mm. Wow, that is interesting. That because uh, it almost says it almost seems like it changes, you know, the narrative of right. You know, um, Harvey Keitel, you know, telling him, "Hey, right, you know, you should you should do this. Yeah, you should do this. Boy, this wouldn't have been the same movie with Willis as, as Vincent." Right, it wouldn't have been the same. I'm glad he was Butch instead, because I think they're I think they're too. I think the, dude, the character of Butch in this movie, he is such a fucking badass. Like Yippee Kaye, motherfucker! Right, he's he's so Bruce Willis. Right, so Jules flipping the table over in the beginning was improvised by Samuel Jackson, and Frank Whaley's reaction was genuine. But they continued with the scene, and it was done in one take. Damn, it's pretty fucking cool. Damn. What does Santa Claus look like? Damn. <laughs> you got to actually look that video up and watch it because it's funny because it's claymation stop motion like the Rudolph the Red Dead was reindeer and all oh, that. And shit. they're elves. So it's freaking <laughs> hysterical. And the elves, the elves in the apartment. Oh, my God. The elves in the apartment look just like the elves from Rudolph, like the one with the glasses. Oh, and the long, shit. Dude, that is it's funny. so funny. That is funny. And then uh, Samuel Jackson at the end of that little short when he's doing the Ezekiel 2517, it's... On on Donner, on Blitzen, on, <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny. He's like, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a I good did. night. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> yep. Dude, it was yeah, it's amazing. That is funny. There was so there was so much stuff on Pulp Fiction. I really didn't have any problem putting a an intro together on this. In fact, I tried to put one together that wouldn't be what anybody would expect. Mm-hmm. So I think I did okay. Yeah, yeah, you Which know, was fucking awesome. So then uh, Marcellus and Mia never speak to one another on screen, even though they are seen together poolside and are husband and wife. You got to think Marcellus is, you know, outside of the gold watch, he's in the movie twice. Right. I'm like, because you got to think he's on the phone with Sam Jack. Mm-hmm. With, uh, he's like, it's all good. Sit your ass down. Right. 
Sin of the Wolf. Yep. It's that, and then when he's um, you just see you see the back of his head yep. with the bandaid. Is there is there any plot? Is there anything? Is there any plot development on the bandaid on the back of his head? No, but I have a whole thing on it that we'll cool. talk about it when all we get right, there. All right. All right. Um, towards the end of the film, check this is gonna blow your mind. Towards the end of the film, Jules says he wants to retire and become a drifter. In Kill Bill Volume 2, Samuel Jackson turned up as Rufus, a piano-playing drifter. Oh. Connections. Oh. Oh. <laughs> the largest chunk of the budget, $150,000, went to creating Jackrabbit Slims. That's badass. The largest chunk actually went to the actors, but... Right. I guess the largest chunk that wasn't actor fucking money was that what i'm saying so you have <laughs> i was like wait what wait, five million what did, of that do you understand the words coming out of my mouth <laughs> so five million of that went to the actors right right, right. so i guess th- out of that three million i guess that's the largest portion that right went. i get it okay i get what you're saying i don't gotcha. know why that came across gribble to me at first i was like i don't know the it, fuck is he talking about the fuck he's blowing my mind right now <laughs> i'll be damned <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, when she's when she's snorting that coke in the bathroom, that shit was so. Funny God damn! Me. God damn! Look, that shit Dude, was so You know what's so funny. cool? Ro will say that out of nowhere. She'll like, or if we see something, she'll be like, "God damn! God damn!" I said, "God damn!" Yo, like every time it, it like that I, is that's her favorite part of the whole I movie. Chuckle. Every time I hear it, because it is just so 70s-ish, like, woo, that's some good shit, you know, like, real crackhead-y, like, woo, right, woo. Well, it's so funny, because she's doing coke, (laughs) and all the girls around her are doing their makeup, and totally not paying attention to the fact that she just did a line of coke Mm -hmm. off the sink. Well, that's what we assume she's doing. They don't really show it. Oh, my God. (laughs) They're doing coke. See, I went, I went more old school than that. I was saying, we got a meeting in the ladies' room. Be back real soon. <laughs> so Quentin Tarantino is an avid collector of vintage television show board games. During the filming of this movie, he and John Travolta were reported to have sat on the floor and played the Welcome Back Cotter board game. Which is funny because, as we know, John Travolta mm-hmm. played Bobarino, Vinny Bobarino on Welcome Back Cotter. <laughs> ba 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 barino. There was a clip I didn't use that I wish I would have. That, uh-huh. um, it's the car scene with with uh, Jules and Vincent, uh-huh. but it's John Travolta, the guy that played Epstein, and the guy that played Washington from Welcome Back, Cotter, doing that whole scene where he blows Marvin's face off, but it's Epstein in the back seat instead of <laughs> instead of Marvin. It was amazing, and I really appreciated it because I love, I absolutely love Welcome Back, Cotter. If you guys don't know what Welcome Back, Cotter is, it was a, a New York-based, um, high school-based sitcom from the mid-'70s, like 1975. And it was a, like a special ed class, and they mm-hmm. were called the Sweat Hogs. They were the troubled <laughs> kids. It was John Travolta's first gig, and it's just an amazing, funny show. But um, so I got it. I thought it was hilarious, but I didn't think enough people would know what Welcome Back Cotter was to see the humor in it, which is why I didn't make it into the intro. Gotcha. So see, it doesn't. It sounds like I'm just throwing shit together when I do it, but I really do put a lot of thought into it. Makes sense. 
So that one's out to you guys. Well, this is your world, Tarantino. Right? We're just living in it. <laughs> you know what? I think I want to go ahead and get started on this. I'm pretty excited now. Hell yeah. Did uh, We played the trailer already, right? Yeah. So we're good. We're good to you go. Read, you read the back of the tape? Yeah. Yep. So there were no previews on this tape because it's a special oh, edition. It's a special edition. Much like last time with Evil Dead. Right. Um, the only thing it did was tell me to stay tuned after the movie for special features. And I just remembered what I couldn't see last week. It was my notes. I'm going to have to turn this light on again. <laughs> or do you want to grab it for me? Or yeah. We're going to take this quick second. Roman's going to turn the light on for us. He's running across the room. It's the third one to the right. There it is. Let there be light. Third and there was the light. Last house on the left. Three doors down. Four hey. rooms. Cuckoo, kachoo, yippee kaye, motherfucker. Amen. Hallelujah. You said three doors down? Yeah. You, you, you didn't want to sing the song? No. Damn. But would you call me Superman? Damn. <laughs> I'll keep you by my side with my superhuman, my height. Too bad they only had that one song. One Hit Wonder? Look, badass they song, don't get me wrong. One Hit Wonder. Wipe out. <laughs> Not again. The the fortunate thing is in this movie we have no need to go bullshit. Right, right, right. So that's good. Mm -hmm. There's no. This is a bullshit free zone for this movie. Jasperino approved. So we're gonna jump right into this. So um, the movie starts out with the definition for pulp, which. Uh, it had two definitions. Yeah, it was like the what it actually is, like the type of paper they use by pressing other papers together, mm. and then um, the CD magazines that it was. Yes. Because the pulp magazines, if you guys don't know, that's a reference from like the 1930s and 40s. They were usually crime dramas. They usually dealt with uh, the seedy underbelly of society and criminal elements and murders and things like that. Back in the day, I'm talking like in the 1800s, they used to have something similar. They called them penny dreadfuls. Oh, yeah. And they would make little newspapers just with all the murders and bad things that had happened in that week or whatever. And it was a penny dreadful because you could buy it for a penny and read about all the bad news that was going on. And even though the, the show isn't about that, the, right. there's a show called Penny Dreadful. Well, a couple things. There's the show. I also want to give out a shout out to a group on Facebook, the Arizona Penny Dreadfuls. Nice. They're a group of uh, like-minded geeks and nerd-like people, freaks and weirdos, the kind of people we like on this podcast. They get together and do events and things like that, and they they uh, troll the comic cons and all the cons that come through town. Uh, good people. Very, very good people. I love you guys. Shout out there. But also... I think I mentioned to you I was in a Christian rapcore band in the late 90s. <laughs> um, and the name of the band was actually Penny Dreadful. Really? Yes. Because my whole take on it was we're exposing the ugliness of the world but showing you the light of Jesus to contradict it, you know, to give you a, an alternative to it. But we're your Penny Dreadful. We're showing you all this stuff and we're showing you a way out of it. Kind of. That was my, that my deep meaning behind it. Uh, okay. So... Why are you looking at me like that? I'm still trying to figure out the light in Penny Dreadful. There is none. All right. Jesus was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, see what I was saying? You got it. I Can just I get to, an amen? I just want to holla. Y'all ain't listening to me. I just, look, I just wanted to kind of 
break that down so the slow ones heard it. Right. <laughs> that was badass, though. I can dig it. Yep. Bro. Anyway, so yeah, that was the name of my band. And I actually got it because I first heard about the Penny Dreadfuls in the Neil Gaiman novel that I read. And I thought nice. it was a cool idea. Um, so anyway, I guess getting back to the movie... Hey, we just barely one sentence in, and we already went off on a tangent. That's pretty awesome. So we get the pulp definition, and then we've got um, the opening restaurant scene with, of course, Pumpkin and Honey Bunny sitting there having a conversation about the business and how dangerous it is. And they're talking about there's more money, actually, when they robbed the last liquor store. There was more money in taking the people's wallets and stuff than they got from the register. And that was Honey Bunny's idea to take everybody's wallet and their watches and everything. So they're talking about everybody robs banks, everybody robs liquor stores, gas stations. But he tells a really cool story about a guy went into a bank with a telephone and gave it to the manager of the bank, and it said, we've got your daughter, and if you don't give us all the money, we're going to kill her. And he goes, he robbed a bank with a payphone. He said a fucking cell phone. And then she was like, is the... Was the daughter okay? He goes, I don't know. There probably was no daughter to begin with. That's not the point. The point is he robbed a bank with a fucking telephone. <laughs> you know? And then uh, the waitress comes over and she's filling their coffee. And then um, they're talking about how it's dangerous now to rob like little shops and stuff because there's a lot of foreign elements that don't understand what you're saying. And then you got the guy. said the gook with the fucking 357. Right. And what you've got old grandpa that's been there for 15 cent generations sitting there with a fucking revolver in his hand waiting to shoot somebody. It's too dangerous. And then they started talking about nobody ever robs restaurants Mm -hmm. because nobody sees it coming. Like it would be easy because nobody would see it coming. The... They're insured up the ass, so the manager's not going to do anything. The waitresses don't care. The guys working in the back washing dishes certainly don't care about the owner being robbed. All the fucking Mexicans are right? wetbacks. Yeah, That's what see, he yeah, I'm trying backs. to see. I'm trying no. to stay away from the racial no, stuff we here. Look at, well, I'm black or Mexican. So, so I'm going to let you do it. Yeah. But who are you? You're I'm Mexican? half Mexican, but I don't look it enough. I think to get away with it. All right, I'll give you that. Uh, you know, I've been called a wet black all my life. A wet black. <laughs> Is that what they use to clean up the carpet when they spill stuff on it? Go get the wet black. <laughs> you spilled the Kool-Aid again? I'm going to have to go rent one of them goddamn wet blacks. Them wet blacks. Uh. <laughs> you see Rose face behind you. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. That's she, good shit. She, she, <laughs> she's going to tell you about yourself later. I promise you. Oh, man. That's, never mind. Anyway, um. Yo, you were so, uh, you, you definitely were like, I'm trying to stay away from it, and you jumped all the way on the yeah, train. Yeah, I did. You were, woo-woo. <laughs> wet black is not an official slur. Yeah, right? No. I'm black yeah. and Mexican, so I'm, I can say wet black. Right. You know? What would that consider me? I'm white and Mexican. Mm, shit, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Mexi- Mexicrat? Uh, no, I would say you're fucking, you know, raping, pillaging motherfucker. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a Viking. I'm not Scandinavian. Oh, okay. I'm Irish on my mom and or my dad's side. So you're I'm a drunk. Potato. Well I always tell people Fucker. I'm Irish. <laughs> I'm Irish on my dad's side and Mexican on my mom's. I have alcoholism in my blood. Sounds sounds about you know, sounds about white. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> so anyway, they're talking about we could rob the restaurant. Right. Like some guys, one day, one minute he's having a Denver omelet, the next minute you got a gun in his face telling him to give you his wallet. 
So she's like, I like it. Let's do it right now. He goes, right now? And she's like, right now. He's like, okay, let's do it. And then they kiss, and they're all romantic. And she's like, I love you, pumpkin. He's like, I love you, honey bunny. And then they're like, everybody be cool. It's a robbery. <laughs> and if you fucking pigs move, I'm going to execute every motherfucking last one of you. Boom. No, 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 no. So then the opening music comes in. Dude, I love this movie. I'm telling you, I get so excited. So um, they... I love these opening credits because it just starts out with Pulp Fiction. Right. In big letters. Right. And then the Pulp Fiction starts to kind of go backwards into the background as they start putting up the... It's almost like Star Wars-esque. Almost, yeah. But but except it's it's kind of going backwards instead of going up the screen. And it's like Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth. The funny thing is the whole time they're reading off the names, I'm looking, I'm thinking about... This big ass poster right here because it's it's in that order, right? Boom, yeah, boom, boom, totally. Boom, boom. Yep. So this is one thing I definitely wanted to ask, and Bruce Willis. So why did why did okay they do in that? movies when okay so keep this in mind in movies mm-hmm. whenever you see that and mm-hmm. Bruce Willis or it'll say and so and so starring as, yeah. yeah that means they were the highest paid actor on oh, the set. Oh, okay. That's why they get that special billing and everything. And gotcha. Check this out. It's usually the high profile actor. In this case, it was Bruce Willis. Gotcha. This movie though really relaunched John Travolta's career because he hadn't really done many movies or anything after like Saturday Night Fever. And yeah, blah, and, blah, blah, uh, blah. and Grease. The, the best John Travolta movie ever, Urban Cowboy. Right. Hell yeah. Um, Love so- me some Urban Cowboy trying to think so after this because he's never he's never been the action-y type kind of he dude he did this movie called from paris with love you this, know what i'm talking about you're talking bald fat travolta i love that movie though <laughs> i love that movie um and then he did taken pelham or whatever with the taken pelham train one two three or whatever uh, um, i've never with, seen that with denzel washington oh, okay but he also did um he did broken arrow with christian slater so there's, don't get me wrong. There's a couple because you have to think. Then you have Swordfish. Then you have fucking. Yep. Um, get Shorty. Get Shorty. That movie's so good. Uh, then you have uh, Punisher. Yep. Um, I have Get Shorty on VHS. We're gonna cover it because I love that movie so, so much. So the one after Get Shorty is uh, Be Cool. Yes. Uh, yeah. Be yeah. Cool is the sequel with uh, fucking The Rock. Yes. Uh, Andre Three Thousand. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He also did that horrible, Is horrible... Is Thurman in that, too? I don't remember. I haven't really... I've seen it once. I wasn't as impressed with it as I was. Get Shorty. But, um... I think... He did that horrible, horrible movie, Battlefield Earth. Oh, with, oh where he has the dreads or whatever. Yeah, he's the alien dude, but it's so bad, it's almost good. Like, it stupid de- humans. They gave him raspberries, or what are they called? The- yeah, Razzies. There we go. Lots and lots of Razzies. And that's a that's a, a fucking right in itself. It and we crazy. can't forget the classic John Travolta, Nicolas Cage. Oh yeah, Face, Face Off, Off, which we're also going to cover here um, at some point. What what else? What was the phenomenon? Phenomenon was good. Michael, I really liked Michael, where he was uh, the, the archangel, mm-hmm. and this was his last time to be on Earth, mm-hmm. so he's going to make the most of it. So look, I I don't know where where this falls at in the you know the timeline of all of that. Well, this but, was the beginning. This was like his relaunch into movies. That's gotcha. why he got all those other roles. Mm, and we just we just rattled off fucking early nineties to mid two thousands. Yep, for sure. Yep. So yeah, the the credits are really really cool. Everything in this movie is so super stylized, mm-hmm. all the way down to the movie credits. I love it. That's what I like about it. So then, 
at the end of the opening credits, we get the whole car scene. Jungle boogie. Mm-mm-mm. Jungle boogie. And this is one of the iconic scenes where they're talking about Vincent's trip to Amsterdam. <laughs> and this is, uh, we did, in the intro, we were punning the, uh, we were parodying the uh, car oh, scene, yeah, which that was like our sixth take. And uh, it was the AC. My bedroom door closes on its own. Gotcha. We keep telling ourselves it's the AC. No, it's it's the suction from the AC. But um, <laughs> I lived in a house in Chandler. We'll talk about this on the Halloween episodes. That uh, doors open and close by themselves so much we just ignored it. Damn. Yeah. But anyway, um, this is where he we tried to parody this on the intro. That was like our sixth take. I actually recorded every single one of them, so they're going to be at the end of this episode. So stick around. There's an Easter egg for you guys. After all the credits and music and everything is over, stick around because you'll hear all the outtakes from us trying to do that intro. And I think it's pretty funny. Yes, it is definitely hilarious. Funny. I played it for Rose. She thought it was funny too. She's kind of my bounce off. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, listen to this. Tell me if it makes sense because usually she doesn't know anything. Pulp Fiction, she knows because she loves this movie. Mm-hmm. But like she had never seen Evil Dead. So when I play, I'm like, listen to this intro. Tell me if it makes sense. Can you tell what I'm trying to do here? Because I know most of you guys listening have probably seen these movies, except for you, TJ, who've never seen Pulp Fiction. <laughs> called you out in front of everybody shame on you shame on you shame shame Shame. so anyway (laughs) um we think most of you guys have seen these movies but we know that some of you there's movies that you have not seen that we're covering so we hope that we give a pretty good breakdown right of them that you at least have kind of understanding of it and a lot of spoilers but that's okay it's fun to go back and watch them i think after listening to a review like there's another podcast called um Oh, I'm going to get their name wrong. I'm so sorry. I want to give you a plug, and I don't want to mess your name up. But they covered The Crow right around the same time we did. Oh, damn. So I went and listened to it, mm. and uh, it was cool seeing another perspective perspective of the movie from two totally different guys, and it was hysterical, and I laughed the entire time because they made fun of a lot of the same things we made fun of. Nice. And it was nice seeing people saw the same shit we saw. and nice. like, oh, that's kind of cool. So nice. anyway. Um, Were there any, like, glaring differences? Not really. Um, they talked about a couple of things differently than we did, but you know, they saw a couple of other shit that maybe we missed or, you know, mm-hmm. that's why I, I like, I love listening to podcasts Gotcha. and I keep saying, I'm going to make a list. Like I have a lot of podcasts that I listen to like Witch finger creepy crap podcast is really, really good. Um, it's this guy in Australia, <laughs> I'm gonna say the Australian dude, named right? Daniel. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, I love plugging that cause it's so cool. I'm really excited cause he just covered, um, um, thanks killing, mm-hmm. which is my favorite Thanksgiving movie. It's about a killer turkey. What? And uh, I have it. people up. Yeah. I may try to find it on VHS so we can do it at Thanksgiving because I only have it on DVD or maybe we'll do a special episode or something. Gotcha. But um, he covered that this weekend and I haven't listened to it yet, but I can't wait because I love that movie. It's so horribly bad. Um, I can't wait to hear his take on it. Anyway, so Vincent and Jules are talking and that's where mm-hmm. Jules is like, so tell me again about Amsterdam or about Europe. And he's like, what do you want to know? He's like, the hash bars. It's like, yeah. Um, hash is legal there, right? And he's like, yeah, well, it's, it's legal to, to, you know, to do it, but you got to do it in certain designated areas. You can't just hang out on the street and do it. And he goes, oh, and these are the hash bars. He's like, yeah. He goes, it's, it's illegal. I mean, it's legal to have it. It's legal to own it. And if you're the proprietor of a hash bar, it's legal to sell it. 
it's legal to carry it, but that doesn't matter because check this out. If you get stopped by a cop in Amsterdam, it's illegal for them to search you. That's one right <laughs> cops in Amsterdam don't have. And then that's when Samuel Jackson's like, I'm going. That's all there is to it. I'm fucking going. He's like, oh, baby, you dig it most. You dig it most. <laughs> so then he, then he does the whole thing. You know what it is? They got the same shit over there that they got here. There's just the little differences. He's like, example. He said, well, when you go to McDonald's, you can't get a quarter pounder of cheese. And he's like, oh, you know, you know, he goes, Cause you know what they there. call a quarter pounder of cheese in Paris? He goes, they don't call it a quarter pounder of cheese. No, man, they got the metric system. They don't know what the fuck a quarter pound is. They call it Royale with cheese. And he's oh, like, yeah. Royale with cheese. He goes, what do they call a Big Mac? He's like, well, Big Mac's Big Mac, but it's Lay Big, Big Mac. Mac. Yeah, he's like, Lay <laughs> Big Mac. And I love this part because it's so matter of fact. He goes, what do they call a Whopper? I don't know. I didn't go into Burger King. <laughs> you know what they put on French fries in Holland instead of ketchup? Mayonnaise. I love this because Samuel Jackson's so disgusting. Because yeah. yeah. I've seen them do it. They're drowning in that drowning shit. Drowning in that shit. So then... Uh, the funny thing is I love their casual banter with each other. Dude, so when I worked at U-Haul, I was telling her this. I tell, we, we take walks and we tell a lot of stories. Mm -hmm. A lot of my stories were when I worked at U-Haul. Mm -hmm. I worked with a guy named Jared. He was my assistant manager at one of the centers. Mm -hmm. And we both loved this movie we talked about all the time. But every con it was cool because every conversation we had was exactly like that conversation in the car. And when they're out of the car and they're talking about <laughs> the foot massages and shit, that was totally us every time we talked. That's badass. And he would even, because we were both into this movie, I would say something like, well, it ain't like that. It's like this. And he'd go, example. And I'd be like, <laughs> well, it's like the blah, blah, blah. It was so funny. We would do that to each other. And then we That's had little, little shit that we said weird. Like, we'd be like, I need some swiggage. You know, it's like, I need something to go get something to drink. Right. And uh, I went to Burger King one day and I was ordering food and I, and I was really thirsty. And I said, and I need the biggest swiggage on the planet. And they were like, what? And I was like, a large iced tea. <laughs> so I got back to the center and I was like, yeah, I told him I needed the largest swiggage on the planet. And he started laughing. Like, I but, just came back know. from McDonald's and ordered a. Well, yeah, well, yeah with, with cheese. <laughs> so then we get, uh, they cut to the trunk opening shot, mm -hmm. which is vintage Iconic. Tarantino. Everybody tries to duplicate that now, but the camera inside the trunk and it opens. They did it from Dust Till Dawn. Yep. They did it in Reservoir Dogs. They did it again here in Pulp Fiction. So they're opening it and they're talking and they're like, how many guys are up there? He goes, three, maybe four. He goes, counting, or counting our guy. He's like, no, I don't think so. He goes, Four, possibly Sam, five. Yeah. So Samuel Jackson at the beginning had said, we should have shotguns. We should have shit. shotguns. So he goes, you mean there could be up to five guys in there? He's like, yes. He's like, we should have fucking shotguns. <laughs> so then they're walking, and uh, he's asking about, uh, he's asking a lot of questions about Mia Wallace. What's her name? Right. Who is she? And then. Uh, Antoine or whatever. Right. Tony Rocky Horror. <laughs> but before that. Oh uh, yeah, he starts talking about um, Tony Rocky Horror, and uh, Tony Rocky Horror had a falling out with Marcellus Wallace and got thrown out a four-story window down into the like greenhouse below. But the way Samuel Jackson's like, they dropped him four stories. He had a little garden at the bottom, like like a greenhouse. Motherfucker fell through that, <laughs> and now he's got a little bit of a speech impediment, and. Uh, he goes, what did he do? He goes, he gave the old, he gave the big guy's wife a foot massage. So then uh, they're walking, and John Travolta says, well, so I must say, you play with matches, you get burned. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, 
you can't just go be giving Marcellus Wallace's wife a foot massage. <laughs> and he's like, now hang on. Give him a motherfucking foot massage ain't shit. He's like, it doesn't mean nothing. He goes, and then uh, John Travolta is like, have you ever given a foot massage? He goes, hell yeah. Would you give a guy a foot massage? Yeah, well, he goes, <laughs> it's funny because he goes, I got my technique down and everything. No tickling or nothing. <laughs> and he goes, would you give a guy a foot massage? And Samuel Jackson says, Oh, man, I was queuing you up. He's laughing now. Fuck you. <laughs> so then John Travolta starts fucking with him. He's like, you know, because I'm feeling a little tired. I think I could use a foot massage. He's like, look, you're starting to piss me off. <laughs> so then... Because, uh, <laughs> look, it is... It, you can tell they're friends. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like It's, it's a great relationship. It is, banter back and forth. Yes, yeah, you can tell is, they hang out all the time. It is definitely like, because this is my guy. Jules Winfield, you wouldn't just fuck with him. No. You know what I mean? No. Like, he's a bad motherfucker. You wouldn't just fuck with him like that if you, if you didn't know you could. Right. You know, so <laughs> they get in front of the door and he's like, what time is it? And it's like 7.22 in the a.m. He's like, it's not quite time. Let's hang back. So they do this great shot. I love these these old school because everything Tarantino's a lot like Rob Zombie. Mm-hmm. Everything he does is an homage to something he really respects and, and and was really into growing up watching movies. So a lot of these shots are not new. They just hadn't been used cinematography wise. They mm-hmm. just hadn't been used that way since like the seventies or early eighties. So people had never seen them before. So it all looked really fresh, even though it was a lot of recycled stuff right. and old stuff that just hadn't been used in a while. This great shot when they hang back and they go back in, a little further down in the apartment building and there's like a framed doorway right there. Mm-hmm. So the whole shot is through that framed doorway and they're in the background, but they're talking and it's really neat. But, um, that's when Samuel Jackson was like, motherfucker does that to me. He better kill me. <laughs> and then um, he's like, I'm not saying it, it's not excessive. You know, it just, you know, that's what you get. But then they have the whole thing where it's not like he ate her out. He's like, you know, eating a bitch's pussy and rubbing bitches' feet. Two different things. It's, it's yeah, the same ballpark. It's the same ballpark. They were saying this before this. Right. It's the same ballpark. He's like, they ain't no ballpark. Like, it ain't the same fucking game. It ain't even the same fucking sport. <laughs> and, he, and that's when, so now when they're in that hallway, mm-hmm. he goes, I've given a lot of women a lot of foot massages, and they all meant something. And that's what's so cool about it. There's a sensual thing going on that's unspoken between the two of you. And that's when Samuel L. Jackson was like, motherfucker, you told me four stories. You better kill me. <laughs> so he goes, it's time. Let's get into character. I like this mm-hmm. because they really are getting into character because the two dudes that walk into that apartment are oh. not the same two guys who are bantering outside. They're fuck all no. business. I'm about to fuck you up. And if you've ever known anybody like this, you realize, like, I've known a lot of bikers. Mm-hmm. People have this thing in their mind that bikers are all tough dudes and like kick and they are persona. if you're the wrong person mm-hmm. but it is a lot of persona mm-hmm. once you get to know them they're usually the sweetest people you'll ever meet and i found that in my experience the guys with the most tattoos and the biggest persona of don't fuck with me they're the most tender-hearted people mm-hmm. that's how they protect themselves right you know that's how they keep themselves guarded from you know 
being hurt or being fucked with or you know whatever Mm. but they but don't get me wrong they will fuck you up if you fuck with them right and you're not the right person you know what i mean so he's like let's get in the character and then they get in front of the door and he's like why are you asking so many questions about the big man's wife he goes well he's going out of town he asked me to to take care of her while he was gone and samuel jackson holds up his fingers like a gun he's like take care of her he's like no take her out show her a good time you know like a date it's not a date though he's like a date he's like it's not a date so it's just you know like if you took your your buddy's wife to a movie it's just good company it's definitely not a date (laughs) so then they knock on the door and they go in and we meet brad and flock seagulls and marvin and all the other guys you know and uh they come in, and he's like, "Where? do you know who we are? He's like, yeah. And he's like, we're associates of your business partner, Marcellus Wallace. You, you do him? remember your business partner, Marcellus Wallace? Like, yeah. And, um. Like, so, just right off the bat, you know, as soon as they walk in, you see that Sam Jack is all business. Yep. And, and you know, John Travolta's almost just it's 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 almost good cop bad cop exactly because you know? he's the silent guy in the background but he's, he's Vincent's the crazy one uh, yes that is that i gotta watch this motherfucker you right know? because all the attention is on him but he's definitely lethal as well right you know what i'm saying and he goes he goes uh you're brett right he's like yeah and he was like yo there's a dude laying on the couch with a stupid flock of seagulls type haircut. And he's like, yo, flock of seagulls, where's the case at? And Marvin in the corner starts going, it's right over in the... And Sam Jackson... you a motherfucking thing. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. <laughs> and then it's funny because then the flock of seagulls guys just repeats it. It's over in the cabinet. And John Travolta goes to reach for the top cabinet. He's like, no, it's one by your knees. So he opens it up and he pulls out the case. And... uh Vincent Vincent opens up the case, and yeah, it's just the light shines on him, and he's staring at it, kind of transfixed, and he's like, are we happy? And he's still staring, he's got a cigarette in his mouth, he's like, Vincent, are we happy? And he's like, oh yeah, we happy. And he shuts the case, and uh, the Brett starts trying to make an excuse, he's like, well, I, I got your name, it's Vincent, right? I, I didn't get yours, and Samuel Jackson goes, it's Pitt. And you ain't talking your way out of this shit. So oh, we just want you guys to know how sorry that things got so mixed up with Mr. Wallace. We got that. We had the best intentions in mind. And Samuel Jackson doesn't even look. He points behind him and just shoots the guy on the couch. Did <laughs> I get your like, attention? Did I break like, your concentration? I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? <laughs> oh, you were finished. Well, allow me to retort. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we missed a big part, though. Before he shoots Flock of Seagulls, mm-hmm. he eats the guy's hamburger. Oh, I thought that. I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he's like, do you. Wait, do you? let me see. Hang on. Maybe, uh, maybe I didn't miss it. No, we missed it. Because um, he, he, he says like, the, uh, the burger is the, you know, nutritional blah, blah, blah. He goes, looks like we caught you guys doing breakfast. What no, are you no, having? No. He's like, no, no, no. Sit down, sit down, yeah. sit down, sit down. Flock of seagulls? Yeah, he goes, <laughs> hamburgers, the cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. What kind of hamburgers are they? Uh, cheeseburgers? No, no. Are they from Wendy's, McDonald's, Jack in the Box? Are they uh, big kahuna burgers? He's like, no, he says, do you know You know what they call, uh, you know, you know what they call a, a quarter, quarter pounder and cheese in France? He's like, tell him. Tell him, Vincent. Royale with cheese. Do you know why they call it that? 
I don't know, because the metric system. And he's like, like, look at the look big at the, fucking brain on bread. Big brain on bread. <laughs> and then, but yeah, then he asked him what kind of burger he has. He's like, it's a big Kahuna burger. He goes, oh, that's a Hawaiian burger joint. Goes, I don't get to eat cheeseburgers too much because my girlfriend's a vegetarian, which pretty much makes me a vegetarian. But I do enjoy a good burger. And he takes his burger and he starts eating it. He's like, mmm. That is a tasty burger. And he eats like most of it and then puts it back down and he goes, what are you drinking? He's like, Sprite. He's like, you mind if I have some of your tasty beverage can to get, wash this down? Swiggage. Right? That's, <laughs> give me some of that swiggage. And then he drinks it all and he's like slurping it. And then, yeah, that's when they get to the hole where it's the case and he shoots the flock of seagulls. So then... Uh, Look, whenever I want to ask for you know something to drink... They're like it's your drink, you know what I'm asking? Right. Like, can I get a swig, my nigga? Be, oh my god! <laughs> I'll be for show, for show. <laughs> so then he's like, uh, "What does Marcellus Wallace look like?" And he goes, "What?" And he fucking flips the table over. He's like, "What, what does Marcellus look like?" What? And he goes, "What? Where are you from?" What ain't no country? And he goes, what? And he goes, what ain't no country I ever heard of? They speak English and what? He's like, what? What? English, motherfucker. Do you speak it? And then he goes, say what? Say what one more goddamn time. I, dub- I dare you. I double He's dare you. Double dog dare you. He goes, what does Marcellus Wallace look like? He goes, he- he's black. And what else? He- he- he's bald. He goes, does he look like a bitch? What? And then he shoots him in the shoulder. <laughs> he goes, Does he look like a bitch? No. Then why are you trying to fuck, fuck him like one, Brett? <laughs> I'm not. Yes, you did, Brett. Yes, you did. You tried to fuck him. And Marcellus Wallace don't like being fucked by anybody except, except Mrs. Wallace. Wallace. <laughs> and then we get to the famous part. Do you read the Bible? He's like, yeah. He's, I have this passage that I like. Ezekiel twenty-five seventeen. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the, what is it? The tyranny of the wicked and the, oh man, I fucked it up. I meant to, uh, I meant to have this queued up to play mm-hmm. because uh, I wanted to just play it because it's so much more powerful than uh, me actually saying it. But um, I used to have it memorized, but um, not so much anymore. Um, here, here we got it right here. Let's do this. Yeah, we have. We'll just play this whole thing here. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I didn't get your name. I got yours, uh, Vincent. Right? But, but I, I never got yours. My name's Pitt. And your ass ain't talking your way out of this shit. No, no, no. <laughs> I just want you to know. Here it is. Oh. Sit down. Stay humble. Sit down. I just want you to know how sorry we are that, that things got so Be, fucked sit up down. with us and, and Mr. Wallace. When we, we got into this thing with the best intentions. Here it is. Really, I never... There goes Flock of Seagulls. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Hands down Please. the best scene in the whole movie. Continue. You were saying something about... Best, best intentions? intentions? <laughs> oh, you were finished. What's the matter? <laughs> Oh, you were finished. Oh, well, allow, allow me, me to, to retort. retort. What does Marcellus Wallace look like? What? Oh, there goes the table. What country are you from? 
What? What ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English in what? What? English, motherfucker! Do you and speak And Vincent's it? just chilling in the back, smoking his cigarette. Describe what Marcellus Wallace looks like. What? Say what again. Say <laughs> what again. I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. He's black. Go on. He's bald. Does he look like a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there goes the shorty. Does he look like a a bitch! No! Then why you try to fuck him like a bitch, Brett? <laughs> yes, you did! Yes, you did, Brett! You tried to fuck him. And Marcellus no. Wallace don't like to be fucked by anybody except Mrs. Wallace. You read the Bible, Brett. Here it comes. Yes! Oh, there's this passage I got memorized. Sort of fits this occasion. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name Vincent's of charity out now. and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious, furious anger. anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers and you will know my name is the lord when i lay my vengeance upon thee good night brett <laughs> so, yeah that was it so um it's funny because if you watch Jewel, if you watch Vincent in the background, mm -hmm. the whole time he's smoking a cigarette. As soon as Jewel starts into Ezekiel twenty five seventeen, he's Vincent's like, oh, guns out now. I know where it is. Again. How many times you think Vincent's heard Ezekiel mm -hmm. twenty five seventeen? He knew that was about to be somebody's she ass. About to go down. So yeah, so then they shoot Brett, and then um, right after that. Um, they go to uh, meet Marcellus. Marcellus and Butch, right? Mm -hmm. So this is a great shot because it's just a, a continual straight shot of Bruce Willis mm -hmm. listening to Marcellus Wallace talk, and Marcellus Wallace is telling him with the band aid from the from the. It's the well, shot. they don't they haven't shown that yet. Okay. There's a straight two minutes of just Butch sitting there when Marcellus Wallace is talking to him, telling him, "You may think you're going to make it someday, but it, your age. So you already passed, it. yeah." If you was going to make it, you'd have made it by now. You know, and he goes, pretty much telling him what's going to go down and this is your last chance and, you know, how many fights you think you got left in you. You know, pretty much this money is your best chance of ever making it some kind of way. Right. So then um, he holds the money out and Bruce Willis goes to take it and he kind of pulls away. He goes, "You, what do you, you say? You, you my nigga? Yeah, and Bruce Willis goes... Okay. It seems, seems apparently so. so. It seems to be so, and then he <laughs> takes the money. So now we have a shot of the back of Marcellus Wallace's head with the Band-Aid on his neck, and that's when he tells him, the night of the fight, you're going to feel something. That's pride fucking with you. You're going to feel a sting. Yeah, he goes, fuck pride. He goes, pride never helps. It only hurts. And then he's like, in the fifth, your, your ass, ass goes, goes down. down. And he's like, say, it, say it. Yeah, and he's like, in the fifth, my ass goes down. So, 
Let's pause there for a second so we can talk about the case and the Band-Aid. Yes. There's two... Okay, so there's two theories on the internet. Neither one of these confirmed by Quentin Tarantino or denied by Quentin Tarantino. The, the first one is that the case that they're after are the diamonds from Reservoir Dogs that Steve Buscemi takes off with at the end of the movie. Gotcha. There's a spoiler if you guys haven't seen Reservoir Dogs. The whole thing is about a diamond heist. The diamonds are in a briefcase identical to the one in Pulp Fiction. It's the same briefcase. Steve Buscemi makes off with it in the end of the movie, and you just hear a firefight outside, and it's never clear if Steve Buscemi got shot or if he got away. A lot of people like to Cowboy say he spaghetti. got away. Yeah, a lot of people like to say he got away with the diamonds. Some people say he got mowed down in the hail of gunfire. But in either case, they think these are the diamonds from Reservoir Dogs. That's too plain of an explanation for me. This next explanation is way more conspiracy convoluted. What's in the and box? And I love it. Exactly. What's in the box? <laughs> so the theory is... We got that, it. We have to cover that soon. Okay. I think we're constantly... We I think that'll be a good closer to Halloween. Maybe yeah. We'll do that mid-September maybe. I'm like, I feel like we're constantly We've talked about it almost every episode. Because that, look, that line, that last three minutes is like, Jesus, fuck, right? Fuck. So, um... The theory is that Marcellus Wallace's soul is in the briefcase. Okay. So there are there's somewhere in the world there's a legend that the devil will take your soul out of the back of your neck. Okay. Now we know from facts on the internet and from Tarantino's mouth that that the day of filming, um, Marcellus, what what's the um, Ving Rhames? Ving Rhames cut himself shaving his head. Gotcha. And he had to put a Band-Aid on. And Tarantino liked how stylish it looked from behind, mm-hmm. so he made him leave it on. He had him leave it on. Gotcha. That's what really happened. Gotcha. But the internet rumor feed started that the devil took Marcellus Wallace. Marcellus Wallace made a deal with the devil, mm-hmm. lost his soul, got it out of the back of his neck, and now he's sending his guys to get it back. The guys in that house or in that apartment mm-hmm. were the devil's henchmen trying to barter his soul to get his soul back or whatever. And then Jules and Vincent came in, killed the bad guys, and took repossession of Marcellus Wallace's soul, which is why later in the movie, when the guy comes out of the bathroom and starts shooting at them and they don't get hit, and Jules is like, this was divine intervention, it absolutely was because they were on a mission from God to save a soul, even though they didn't know it. That was God protecting them to make, this, to make sure the soul makes its way back to Marcellus Wallace. So they were being protected because they were saving a soul. So that's why later on in the restaurant, when he opens the case for Tim Roth, Tim Roth has the same exact reaction that Vincent had. And he says, I'm buying your life. Yeah, and he goes, well, when he looks at it, he goes, is that what I think it is? He goes, yep. And then he goes, it's beautiful, and he shuts it. Oh, I thought you were talking about when he hands him the money, but yes. Okay. No, but I was talking about when he opens the case and lets mm-hmm. Tim Roth look inside and see what's in it. And then Honey Bunny's like, what's in it? What's in it? And he won't tell her what it is. But that whole theory, I know it's probably not true, and that's not what Tarantino meant. But it's always given me goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Because there's always been an air of something to this film. Um, much like from Dust Till Dawn, it's something about a Tarantino movie. It takes you completely out of reality, even in your head. It does something to like my my brain chemistry, you know. That and then with that with that explanation, it then gives way for him to have the epiphany that he has with the bullets. Exactly. And, and now that actually fits. Yep. And because then, I'm like, 
And then Vincent being the one that doubts, mm-hmm. how does he end up? Mm-hmm. And Jules ends up right doing his thing. So my my thought even with that is like because if we break this down, kind of like how we did, you know, from dusk to dawn, mm-hmm. um, you have to think every time that case is opened up, it is that angelic gold light, right? And exactly. it's captivating. Yep. So it is. It is. It almost makes me think that is it, it's divine. Exactly. I see Absolutely. what you're I'm picking up what you're picking putting up down. What I'm laying down. Yeah, you smell the rockets cooking? Yeah. So then Vincent and Jules show up at the back door, and they're in T-shirts and shorts, <laughs> and we'll find out how they got that way later on in the movie. Right. Um, and then the guy opens the door. It's the same guy that's with Vincent later on because Jules is no longer around. Right. Um, but he's like, hey, guys, come on in. You know, the boss is almost done since... The white guy leaves. You can go over there and talk to him. So then, um, funny thing is, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. I know yeah. that they're there, that he's there, but I didn't pick up on it because of that, because of what transpires. Mm-hmm. Ah, gotcha. So, um, Vincenzo, I think. That's then him and so then the guy that brings him in and Jules start kind of giving Vincent shit about taking Mia out because mm-hmm. first thing he says to Vincent is, "Hey, I heard you're taking the big man's wife out." He goes, it's not a date. It's not a date. You know, and then he asked Jules, has he met Mia? He goes, no. Uh, and then uh, he goes, have you met Mia? And John Schwartz was like, no. And him and Jules start laughing. He's like, what's so funny? <laughs> and like, don't worry about it. And he's like, oh, what the fuck? So then. Um, Bruce Willis gets up, comes over to him. Bruce Willis is done with Marcellus. He comes up to the bar. And you know what he orders? Uh, a beer, right? Nope. He orders a pack of red apple cigarettes. Oh yes, that's red apple cigarettes. Much like Big the, Kahuna Burger, it's a dollar fifty. It's a dollar forty. Oh, there we go. So I have a few things here. Big Kahuna Burger. Mm-hmm. Remember, um, they were eating that in Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Remember, in From Dusk Till Dawn, when Seth goes out to get food, he brings back Big Kahuna uh-huh. Burger. It also shows up on signs in some other movies. I didn't do enough research to to actually point it out, mm-hmm. but in several other Tarantino movies, there are the appearance of Big Kahuna Burger, like an ad, or that they're eating there, or whatever. Same thing with Red Apple cigarettes. Were they in the, the store when it blows there, up? There, we, yes, there was a. Well, there's a reference to Red Apple cigarettes in almost every Tarantino movie, mm-hmm. all the way up to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Damn. Everybody's smoking Red Apples, and there's Red Apple signs everywhere. It's really cool. Damn. So let's talk about timing in the Tarantino verse because the cigarettes are a buck forty. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. Well, you don't smoke anymore. Right. I am spoiled. I will only buy my cigarettes on the res now. <laughs> yeah. I get them at Wild Horse. So I go down to Vehicle and get them because mm-hmm. we live in the outlands of Arizona. Uh, but even there at the res with no tax, it's like five fifty six dollars Six bucks, five fifty if they're on sale. Mm-hmm. But that's super cheap. If you go to a oh, Chevron yeah. station in town, it's nine bucks with tax and everything. It's ridiculous. For sure. So I only buy cigarettes from the res. Um, for all of you being like, well, you should just stop smoking. I am down. I was smoking. Well, there was a time when I smoked two packs a day. Mm-hmm. Then I quit and then I started smoking again. Then I was back up to a pack a day. A pack lasts me like three days now. So if you talk to any smoker, I'm not really considered a smoker. Nice. I smoke every now and then. I've stopped smoking at work completely. I smoke nice. every now and then. You know, and I'm getting closer Look, to quitting. So all of you, just bear with me. I haven't I haven't smoked since, uh, I think my last day smoking was April 30th. Wow, good for you. Because May 1st, I was like, fuck it. Yeah, because turkey. because after the podcast, you and I used to go down to the garage, have a cigarette before you left, and then mm-hmm. the one day you were like, oh, I'm not smoking anymore. And I was yep. like, oh. And it's been since then. All right, then. then. You know, 
Well, fuck you, Feelings were all hurt. <laughs> See you riding around town with the girl I love, and I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> God, I love that song. So anyway, um, so then Butch comes up and he orders the red apple cigarettes, and they have this thing between Butch and Vincent, which is way foreshadowing mm-hmm. for later on in the movie, where Vincent's looking at him, he goes, you got a problem, friend? And Vincent no, goes, I ain't your friend, Palooka. So what is Palooka? I don't know. It's probably like saying cabrón, like asshole right. or bastard. Or, I ain't Possibly your friend. something in... Jerk something. off, you know. It's uh, probably some kind of term we're not privy to. Yeah, like in Polish or, you know. Right. Well, I like... like then next he goes, what'd you say? He goes, you heard me, punchy. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, I, kinda, I know who you are. Right. So then... Uh, Vincent goes over to see Marcellus, and Butch is kind of watching. He's like, oh, he realizes this is like a higher-up guy with Marcellus because he's hugging him, you know. They like, embrace each they're other. They're like boys, right. yeah. So then uh, we cut to Vincent going to Lance's house to buy heroin. Mm-hmm. And we get this great scene with Rosanna Arquette talking about all of her piercings to Trudy who's her friend hanging out there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I got 18 piercings, two in my nipples, five in my ears, one in my clit, one in my nose. She's like, this, this was like three inches and this was six yeah, inches. Yeah, and she's like, all of them done with a needle. And then she's like, and I got uh, one in my tongue. And then John Travolta's sitting there, he's like. Why Why the stud in your tongue? Yeah, and she goes, it, it's a sex thing. It helps with fellatio. <laughs> now, we have a smart audience. You all know what fellatio is if you don't Google it. Right. There, there, go, go ahead and Google that. Mm-hmm. Blue Waffle. Google that too. Yeah. It. Just no, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Please don't do that. I swear to God, I'm so sorry. No, don't, don't do that. Don't, no. don't, don't. Don't, don't, don't Google Blue Waffle. <laughs> I know you're curious. If you're into breakfast food, the Blue Waffle, don't mm. Google it. It's right mm. there on Google. All you got to mm. do is type it in. Mm, yum, don't Google it. The cornerstone of your breakfast. Don't go over there. <laughs> cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast, but don't do it. <laughs> do it at your own risk. So then, um, that was hilarious. That was right on. The back too, I promise you. <laughs> so then he's in the bedroom with uh, Lance, who's played by. Uh, oh shit! I he, thought the when I first thought when I first saw him, I thought Eric like, Stoltz. When I first, 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 first saw the movie, I was like, "Is that the guy from Clerks?" Right? No, it's Eric Stoltz. And uh, there's a really good movie we're going to cover um, with Eric Stoltz in it called Killing Zoe. Oh. It's about a bank robbery in France. It's so freaking good. And Eric Stoltz is the main bad guy. Oh. Um, oh, no, he's not the main bad guy. He's the protagonist. Gotcha. But it's a good fucking movie. Anyway, um, so Eric Stoltz is in there, and they're talking about, he's like, this is, this shit's right here is $300 a gram. This is $500 a gram. But trust me, when you take this, you will know where that extra money went. He's like Cause that because he's like, like yeah. I have three bags. These two right here, right, three hundred bucks. He's like, yeah, you know, they're about the same. He's like, but this one, right, it's from Germany. He's like, and don't get me wrong, these two are good, but this one's like, what do you, you say, know. like wildfires? He's like, you'll know where, yeah. He said wildfire, you know where, you know, you know where your money goes. Right. So then John Travolta starts to kind of peruse him a little bit. He's like, I don't know, I just came back from Amsterdam. <laughs> He was like, "Wait, well, you know, I put my shit up, you know, against Amsterdam." He goes, "I shit. give, I give my, I take that Pepsi challenge any day of the week." <laughs> and then he says some super racist stuff there that I'm not going like, to repeat. Nah, he was like, he goes, "Are we in Inglewood?" He's like, "Am, <laughs> am I a nigger?" Right? I, like it's Are almost we in Inglewood, and he it, goes, "White people who know what they're getting." 
come, come to me. Here. I'm like, oh my god. He's like, and I let you in my house. Right. You know? It was. It, it's almost that. Marcellus Wallace a bitch kind right. of. Does you he know, look like a bitch? It's almost that same conversation esque. Right. You know. Well, so then um, he goes, "I'll take uh, three, three grams. Wild five. T- three grams of the five hundred. That's fifteen hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! You just spent fifteen hundred bucks on three grams of heroin." God damn. Anyway, a baller. A wildfire. It's a baller. And he goes over there. You see, he pulled out he pulled out the big-ass knot. Right? He was like, so he goes, I'll take three grams of the, of the 500, and then if it's good, I'll come back next week for... And, and drop a thousand. Yeah, a thousand more. It's like, oh, shit. So, uh... He's like, do he's, you mind if I... Do you mind well, if I no, no. There, oh. A couple things happen here that's funny. But one is an important plot point. He goes, I'm out of balloons. Will you take a baggie instead? Gotcha. And he's like, sure. And then he yells to his wife, can you grab some baggies out of the kitchen? Mm-hmm. This is important for later. Because had that shit been in balloons, you Mia know. Wallace would not have assumed it was cocaine when right. what happens later happens. So then while he's getting it all bagged up, he goes, you got anything going on? He goes, Trudy's here. She's single. She doesn't have a boyfriend. Why don't you hang out and <laughs> have some drinks or do whatever? And he goes, John Travolta goes, the one with all the is that the one with all the shit in her face? He goes, no, that's my wife. That's Jody. <laughs> that's Jody. That's my wife. My wife. He's like, oh, my bad. And they start laughing. And that's when he sits down and he's like, man, I just got my car out of storage. You know what happened? Oh. Somebody keyed my fucking car, and then he's like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, I had it in storage days. for three years. It's out for five days, and some piece of shit keys it." He goes, "You know, it'd have been worth it watching catching him doing it. It'd have been worth it. It would have been worth it for him to do it for me <laughs> to catch him doing it." And then Eric Stoltz is like, "He should be shot on sight, execution style, no trial, nothing. You don't do that to a man's car." He's like, "Absolutely," and they're kind of going back and forth. Well, I always kind of thought that Butch was the one that keyed his car, and it was nice seeing that in the trivia, mm-hmm. that that's an accepted thing, that Butch keyed his car, but it almost doesn't work. No. There's two reasons it doesn't work. Number one, how would he know it was his car? Mm-hmm. Number two, Vincent didn't have his car. That's like that's In that part thinking. of the movie, they had had to take a cab from mm-hmm. the restaurant to wherever the bar was that they met Jules at. So that's why like, we're going to shoot that down right there. When I, you know, when I, when I thought <laughs> about it, I'm like, Hmm, because there's his car and that this is the first time, you know, as he's like me, cost and yeah. shit. Well, unless I guess there's a chance that Bruce Willis didn't do it right then. Then maybe later he saw him in his car or something and did it. It's possible. If you want to um, really stretch, it doesn't mean he did it that day. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know either. But the fight isn't too far removed from when all this happens. So, right. Anyway. So, yeah. So, then uh, he asks him, you mind if I shoot up here? And he's like, hey, mi casa, su casa. Mm-hmm. So, they do this whole crazy close-up thing of the syringe with John Travolta shooting up and pulling a little bit of the blood into the syringe, tapping it and all that shit. They said, you know, the fight to the spoon puts you on the moon. Right. And that's that's what we get a shot of. There's a Family Guy sketch where Cookie Monster's sitting in a, a bathroom <laughs> stall, and he's squeezing cookie dough onto a spoon. He's going, "Come on, come on!" <laughs> oh shit! I and you know what I thought was really really dope, mm-hmm. um, like how they shot. Clearly, it's you know, it's old school esque, you know, right. driving in a yep. car thing. 
But I that, thought it was so stylish. That whole back and forth. They're playing that surf music. Boom, 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 boom. fucked up. And they're showing shots of the close-up of him shooting up to him driving. And he's mm-hmm. got that look on his face. like, mm. And he's driving to Mia Wallace's house for right. their not date. Not date. So, yeah, they show the, him driving and then him shooting up. It's a great little it, montage. And it's like right black there. and whitish. Like it's the, very noir. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, with the, the shadowy, it's not a whole picture. It's like a shadowy picture of him driving. And it's kind of superimposed on some other shit. Right. And they're playing music over it. So then he shows up and Mia Wallace is like, come inside. And this is where we kind of meet who we find out who Mia Wallace is for real. So oh, he sees a note on the door that says, the door's open, come in, make yourself a drink, I'll be right out. So he comes in, and she's listening to... Can we talk about the soundtrack to this Look, movie real quick? I'm glad, I'm glad. I meant to do this ahead of time. I'm glad, especially with you starting off with Al Green. For right, right, fucking sure, right. we can do this. So, the soundtrack to this movie is absolutely incredible. Yes. So when he walks in, she's listening to Son of a Preacher Man. Mm-hmm. Only man who could ever reach me... Was the son of a preacher. Seventies gold, just seventies music out the ass. Al Green, mm-hmm. um, Jungle Boogie, you know Fucking everything, man. Um, there's so much, funk. dude. It's such a diverse soundtrack, and mm-hmm. it's so good. I have a double CD set that's got the Pulp Fiction soundtrack and the Reservoir Dog soundtrack on it. Damn. Yeah, it's fucking... The Reservoir Dog, that's a whole other dimension of soundtrack. Damn. But the Pulp Fiction one is really good, too. And I like it because it's got a lot of clips from the movie in between the songs. Oh, sweet. Like, it's got the Ezekiel 2517. It's got the car scene. It's got the whole thing where she's like, whose motorcycle is this? It's not a motorcycle. It's a chopper. It's a chopper. Whose chopper is this? Zed. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, dead, baby. baby. Zed's dead. Yeah, it's got little <laughs> clips of the movie in the soundtrack, which I think is really cool. So, because that, because knowing that, that almost gives you a visual, you know, clip. Yes. Because you you you're, right. a, you're able to then tie that to the actual clip. Another really good soundtrack, movie wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite of what you might think of the movie, Gone in sixty seconds. Look, I think that movie's badass. Dude, that's Rose' go to. That is like, Rose from Dust Till Dawn. Pulp Fiction. That is her. She's probably seen that movie three hundred times. So I bought her the soundtrack. We listened to it in the car, mm-hmm. and you know, every time, every song, like, oh, that's that part in the movie where he's doing this, you know, badass. And uh, I love soundtracks for that very reason. Mm-hmm. But this soundtrack is unbelievable, and I can hear the music in this. And I riddle. I wrote. I writ. I wrote a lot of the music into my notes because mm-hmm. it's important. And it really with Tarantino movies. The music makes the movie. I about to say it, it adds depth. as far as setting, yeah, setting the tone, mystique. setting the, and like we were talking about time periods because mm-hmm. those cigarettes cost them a dollar forty. When's the last time you paid a dollar forty for cigarettes? I never really went back to that. I got off on something else. Mm-hmm. But he paid a buck forty for the cigarettes, but they have cell phones. Right. You know what I mean? So it's it's a very it's, it's Tarantino's universe. Think about how, uh, um, Sam. You know Samuel Jackson. He mm-hmm. has fucking it's a fro but it's also a jerry curl it's jerry curl and he yeah. has the mutton chops yeah you know you have very to very 70s it, they're they're in suits yeah you know um it is very 70s-esque but at the same time 90s but it's almost like it's timeless yes because he's using a 90s era like big cell phone mm-hmm. like the cell phone he uses that to and, call eric stoltz and if huge. you look at their cars if you look at just you know they're all, all classic cars, cars it's their classic cars and then Regular Even the, cars. the regular cars are older too, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the Honda, the Honda he was driving that gets wrecked and, and shit like that. 
But yeah, it's really interesting that he's created his own universe where things are different and maybe things are, are aligned differently because of the way World War II ended in the Tarantino universe. Mm-hmm. If you think about Inglorious Bastards, there's an explanation there that World War II in the Tarantino universe ended in a movie theater. Oh, Hitler yes. was assassinated in, in a the movie, movie theater. theater. Right, right, right. So that's why everybody in Tarantino movies are all into movies and talking about movies and movie references because now being into movies is patriotic because that's where World War II ended. So everybody's into movies because it's a cool thing. Right. And so with the timeline being different and Hitler dying in a different way and things happening differently, it, it could see that a 70s overlapped with the onset of cell phones or it didn't the the style lasted a little longer or came back in the 90s we don't know because mm-hmm. it's Tarantino's universe and that's why i love his movies because you're slipping into that for, for an hour and a half for two hours mm-hmm. even django right like you feel like anger and you feel frustration like holy fuck man like you hate samuel jackson for being the freaking look House. You know, yeah, that he is, you know, yeah. So <laughs> it's 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 ultimate escapism. Like mm-hmm. you're dropping into this whole other world. Like, have you watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet? I haven't. Oh my god, I lost myself in that movie. I've not done that since like Fight Club. That and, and one, that one of the things that I that I, I I can definitely appreciate about um, Tarantino films is it's always something so far left and something so far right that right. meets in the middle. Yep. Because like in Django, it's Brahilda, and that's like a Russian name or, uh, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have, um, I can't think of the, I, I haven't seen Django in a while, but um, the guy that's helping Django. Oh, yeah, yeah. He Isn't he Russian The doctor dude, yeah. yeah. He is. I'm like, well, you, you think you have that Russian, then you have slavery. Right. You know, though, again, two well, he very... Was, he was German, actually. There we go, German. Because there's a whole Russian. subplot that he was related to the German officer right, in right, right, Inglorious right, right, Bastards. Right. So knowing all of that, it's like two very vastly different things. And the big the Jew point. guy in Inglorious Bastards, yes. I think his last name was Vega. So there was you it go. not? Uh, I think I've seen Inglorious Bastards once. I think he was related. He was somebody's great grandfather or grandfather or something like that. But it's always like the like I can appreciate the Easter eggs as well. Exactly. When you're able to then start aligning everything There's, in the Tarantino. You, if you verse. look hard enough online, you'll find all of these movies intertwined. Really? Yes. Somehow, there's little things that connect all of them through like a historical standpoint, which I think is really cool. You know, there's like a Disney timeline like that as well. Yes, there is. It's like, ugh. But they said out out of all of the movies, there's a ball that that appears in every movie, like the really? Toy Story ball. Really? They said that that ball appears in every movie. Because like they do a lot of stuff like that, like in Aladdin, where that big pile of stuff falls on him. There's mm-hmm. a little beast toy mm-hmm. in there. But um. All right, we're at the 217 mark. Okay. I got to ask you a question. You want to keep going, or do we want to break this into two episodes? I, look, I was I was thinking this possibly can be a two-episoder. You want to do it as two episodes? What do you think? Because I, I feel like we still have a lot. We do. So um, do we want to do Jack? Let's do uh, the Jackrabbit Slim uh, whole scene, and then we'll cut it off there, and we'll do a part two next week. How about that? That'll work. How about that? How about that? So, okay, so he's still inside. He's by himself. Mm -hmm. And this was a great meme of John Travolta looking around. They would drop him (laughs) in the stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. So then she's, like, uh, trying to get him to come over to the intercom. Mm -hmm. 
and she's like, the intercom's over by the two African fellows to your right. She's wa- and he's walking, and she he can see him on the security camera. Mm-hmm. So you know, Marcellus has some money. He's got that big awesome house. There's all that artwork in there. He's got a fucking reel to reel tape player, which is badass. badass. And um, so she's telling him that, and you got a fucking security system. You have mm-hmm. a security room, right? Room. And she's like, "You're getting warmer. You're getting warmer." And she's like, "Disco." Now I want to hook this to something. All right. There's a Harley Quinn animated movie. Mm-hmm. And in that movie, she keeps going every time. She's like, you're getting closer, closer. Disco! And it's totally a take on Pulp Fiction. I caught it right away. So it's the actual Harley Quinn movie, if you guys want to check it out. The animated one. Nice. Not the live action one. The Birds of Prey one. Gotcha. Which, did, I, did we talk about that? I didn't hate it. I've never watched A lot it. of people talked a lot of shit about it, but I didn't hate it. Anyway, I'm going to leave that at that. I'm going to leave that right there for you guys. So anyway... um, Son of a preacher man's playing, and she and he's walking around, and um, Mia she's like, make yourself a drink. yeah. She's like, make yourself a drink, and in I'll be corner. out in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Two shakes of a lamb's tail. So he makes himself a drink, and she's kind of walked watching him while he's making a drink. And the only thing we've seen of her right now is her mouth talking mm-hmm. into the little microphone thing, which is also like, remember the warriors? Mm-hmm. Okay, warriors, you're almost home. You know what I mean? They kept doing that shot of the, the DJ's oh, mouth. The DJ's mouth. And then mm-hmm. they did that same thing on Beauty Shop. Yes. And I actually, when we watched Beauty Shop, I got on my phone and went, look, because I was thinking it was the same actress from the warriors, uh-huh. but it's not. You know who the one from the warriors is? I can picture the lady's face, but she's in Shaft, if I'm not mistaken. She, well, I don't know if she was in Shaft, but she's the the police chief lady on Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, that kid show that used to be on PBS. Mm-hmm. It's the policewoman. Oh. The police detective lady is the lady that doing all the if I'm not radio mistaken, stuff in uh, The Warriors. In the first Samuel Jackson Shaft movie, she shoots people's. Remember, she has the gun. I think you're right. That's I think her. That, I think that is her. You're right. You're absolutely I'm right. I'm glad we we brought up Shaft because it made right. me think Shaft. of Shaft right away. Shut your mouth. What's the movie that they're both going to bring <laughs> up? Shaft. <laughs> what am I going to give you? Shaft. Right. <laughs> so anyway, shaft. so then uh, so Vincent's getting a drink, and then finally Mia Wallace comes out, but all we're seeing of her right now is her feet mm-hmm. walking across the carpet. And then she she does this weird like foot thing, and then she says, "Okay, let's go." So then we cut to them pulling up in Vince's car, Vincent's car, outside of Jackrabbit Slims, which I think is the coolest place ever. I wish there was a real Jackrabbit Slims; I would right. totally go there. So they're outside of Jackrabbit Slims, and he's like, "What is this place?" And she's like, "This is Jackrabbit Slims." He's like, "Man, you let's can't go, go get a steak. Let's go get a steak." She goes, "You can get a steak here, Daddy O." And then she goes. Don't be such a, and she's supposed to draw, L7. okay, don't be such a square. rectangle, because she did not draw a square. I know still, she meant don't be such a square, but, it's, but she draws a, a huge rectangle. It's not a square, it's a rectangle. No, so it's, it's still technically a square. You know let's square not be is. a rectangle. You know what a square is? Um, four even uh-huh. sides is a square. Four I've had this right argu- angles. Oh, uh, because I've had this argument often with my daughter Kayla on. It's four, and she says the same thing. It's four and I right was like, angles. But an actual square has equal sides Google on it. all of the sides. Google it. I don't want to Google, Google it because I don't want to be wrong. Um, it's, it's four right okay, angles. Okay, well, in my mind, I understand because because a square and a rectangle are two different things. Mm-hmm. A rectangle is a type of square, mm-hmm. but it is not a square. It's a rectangle. It is. You know it, what I mean? It is classified again, but the actual because definition. a square 
signifies four right angles, but of the same size because it's we're, square. That's what we're taught. It's squat because it's of, but again, it's it's only four right angles. Right, that's like that argument going on right now on the internet. Does two plus two equal four? Have you seen that? How the fuck does it? Okay, because people are trying to virtue signal now. They're like, well, if you have two apples and two oranges, you don't have four apples. No, but you have four pieces of fruit, stupid. Right. Like, and they're like, two plus two could equal more or less than four, depending on... Well, it's like, you're dumb. No. Yeah, no. It's, like, it's absolutely ridiculous. No, because at the end of the day, you still have four things. Right. Regardless like, of subject or... or last time I checked, two plus two <laughs> equal four, motherfucker. <laughs> Say what again? Say what one more goddamn time? Say it don't equal four. I'm just kidding. So anyway, um, so she draws the rectangle and pisses me off every time. <laughs> Look at L7. L7, right? Don't be such a square Bri- weenie. Bri- bricks are heavy. Don't be an L7 uh. weenie. <laughs> Weak. So then uh, they go inside, and Jack Benny's the concierge guy, that mm-hmm. the host, I guess I should say, Jack Benny. And it's all old school celebrity impersonators. The funny thing is, at, when I first seen it, I thought it was Richard Nixon. Like when I first, first, first seen oh, it. Oh, yeah. Because it looks. Yeah. He looks that he has right. that. It is. He could be Richard Nixon, but yeah, I think it's supposed to be Jack Benny. <laughs> um, so then um, they go in and they, they kind of like, pan around. Mm-hmm. And it's a cool ass place. There's old school movie posters. The the booths are old cars cut in half, mm-hmm. and because he was like, you reserved a car, right? And he's like, go set them in the '57 Chevy or whatever it was, mm-hmm. the olds, the yep. Oldsmobile. Yep. So then, um, oh, Chrysler. there's a it, it definitely is. It is a yep. Chrysler. So there, there's shout a, out to Ro. She you know she has this in the background. She's like, you ain't dumbass. Oh, did she say Chrysler? It's a Chrysler. I believe her because Ro knows her cars. It is a Chrysler. Ro knows her shit. I'm not even messing with that because yeah, she that and this her fucking movie too. Yeah, she loves, she does love this movie, but she knows her cars too. It, it's amazing. I won't even go into it. Like it blows my mind. Mm. Anyway, so uh, they go in and there's all kinds of like you get your first shot of Buddy Holly, which is Steve Buscemi taking mm. an order. They got Marilyn Monroe walking around. He walks by Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis doing their shtick for somebody, and then um, Ricky Nelson is singing, and then. Um, what was the quartet to like the fourth, to like the the left of him, right before she says, "Hey," he turns around. I think that was a quartet. Whatever the case is, I don't remember. I remember seeing um, Dean Martin and Jerry That's Lewis was all then. I saw. But yeah, because he's like snapping his fingers, "Hey, lady, hey, lady." <laughs> so then, um, since we're gonna cut this short, I want to segue into this. Mm-hmm. There is a rumor. You remember how Jerry Lewis used to do the Labor Day telethon every year when we were kids? Uh-huh. So if you guys don't remember this, they used to do a, a Labor Day telethon on Labor Day. It was usually the weekend right before we went back to school in September. Right. Because back then we had three months off for summer. Luckily. So uh, every Labor Day or Memorial Day, whatever, Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Yeah. They would do, uh, oh, Labor Day then. Mm-hmm. It's Labor Day. The, the, um. What was it? The Muscular Dystrophy Association's Labor Day Telethon. Damn. And it was hosted by Jerry Lewis. Mm. And it would start at 6 o'clock Sunday night, and it would run all through the night till like 4 o'clock the next morning, or the next afternoon. Right. On that Monday. So Jerry Lewis would run it most of the night, and then he would leave and come back in the morning, but they would have acts on, like people coming on on bands Mm -hmm. and 
Broadway acts, like they do one act of a play to kind of tease for Broadway or whatever, and then celebrities would come on. Robert Goulet would be on there. All these high-profile <laughs> actors and singers from the 80s. And, but he had been doing it for like 20, 30 years since. Mm-hmm. So I had an English teacher in high school tell me this. There's a Jerry Lewis movie that you cannot find because it's out of print. They stopped releasing it, anything. Because mm-hmm. there's a part, because he always was making the funny faces and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he was actually acting like he had Down syndrome. Wow. Like with the hand and everything. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was act, trying to act stupid. But that, it was part of what his character was doing. I don't know if he was messed up on something or what. But he was actually acting like he had Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And then she, her theory was that the Muscular Dystrophy Association came up and was like, you're either going to run this telethon for us for the rest of your life or we're going to ruin your career. So he ended up doing the telethon. But from then, later on, I heard, and this was actually documented in the news, mm-hmm. that he was making all kinds of money hand over fist Probably. on that shit, and that the Muscular Industry Association really wasn't getting that much of it. So he was kind of shamed out of that, and then before he died. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I don't think they do the telethon anymore, and I think it's because of that, but I'm not totally sure. Don't take my word for it. Google it if you're really that interested in it. Right. But that was just what I heard. So a little, a little... Said- a little bird told me. Mm. So anyway, um, so then, um, so they got all that. They sit down finally. Buddy Holly comes over to take their order, which is awesome because it's Steve Buscemi. Mr. Pink. And Vincent orders a steak, and he asks him, you want it uh, burnt to a crisp or bloody as hell? He's like, bloody as hell, which is the only way to eat a steak. And then Mia orders the Durwood burger, which is, a, I think that's a... Um, Talking about the Blondie comics, I think that was her husband's name was uh, Durwood, I believe. Um, I should have looked that up, but I didn't have time. Anyway, and then she orders the $5 shake. Mm-hmm. And he asks her, Martin and Lewis or Amos and Andy? <laughs> Which means vanilla or chocolate. Right. If you understand the actors and stuff that we talked about in the trivia, I thought it was really funny. And she's like, Martin and Lewis, so she wants a vanilla shake. You know, what What trivia? The trivia we did at the beginning of the show. Remember we talked about that? I think we talked about it, but I we saw did. that there was a game show on the... What? It says Roman something on the computer. Oh, that was an old one. Oh, okay. That's cool. uh, one of the Saw ones we did before. Sweet. Oh, no, I had to go in there to do the tale of the tape. That's where all my extra oh. stuff is. See, that's what happened to be peeking. Look, I'm, I'm trying not to look. Man. Yeah, I'm if there trying. was a game show, we'd have done it before. Oh, chisel. Yeah, we'd have done that early in the show. I'm sorry. I'll put together a game show for you. <laughs> When we do the next one. Come on down. So then uh, he's rolling himself a cigarette, and she's like, you want to roll me one of those, cowboy? And he's like, sure, cowgirl. <laughs> so then uh, he rolls her a cigarette, or he goes, you can have this one. And he starts rolling another one. And then they start talking about, oh, I heard you just came back from Amsterdam. He's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then she's like, I go there a couple times a year to hang out. And he's like, oh, cool. And then, um, oh, we skipped this. When they first, when Jules and Vincent were talking earlier, they were talking about Mia Wallace did a pilot because she right. was an actress. Right. And he goes, what's a pilot? And he goes, well, a pilot is what... It's TV shows. Before it becomes show. And he goes, well, I don't I watch, watch TV. TV. He goes, but you do realize there's an invention called television. On this invention, they show shows. And he's like, yeah. He goes, well, in order to have a show, they first make a pilot, and then they show it to the people that pick shows, and they either pick it or it becomes nothing. She was on one of the ones that became nothing. And again, the, what she describes is loosely 
Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Yeah. <laughs> so then he remembers that from earlier. So he goes, I heard you did a pilot. And she's like, yeah. He goes, what was it? And she goes, it was called Fox Force 5. Fox Force, or Fox is in where five foxy chicks. Force is in where a force to be reckoned with. And five is in, there's five of us. <laughs> and then she was like, the, the Japanese girl was a karate expert. The black girl was a demolition expert. The French girl dealt in sex. sex. <laughs> and then there was another one I don't remember. And then she did knives. But she was raised by circus performers, and her grandfather was an old vaudevillian who taught her a whole bunch of stupid jokes, old vaudeville jokes. <laughs> so they had worked it out, so if they got picked up at the end of every episode, she would tell a joke. And he goes, do you remember any of those jokes? And she goes, well, I only got to tell one because we only did one episode. And he goes, let me hear it. And she's like, uh, I'm, I'm on the spot now. Yeah, something. she's like, well, I don't want to. It's not it's not good. And he's like, you can tell me. I won't laugh. And she goes, that's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> and he goes, you showed it to like 50 million people and you can't tell me? She's like, no, I definitely can't do it now because it's built up too much. And he's like, what a jip. So then they kind of sit there and she goes, don't you hate that? And he's like, what's that? And she goes, uncomfortable silence. Oh, no, this was later because yeah. she goes, I'm going to go to the bathroom and you think of something interesting to talk about. And that's when we get to the good part. Oh, no. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm oh, fucking this up. Shit. The Buddy Holly brings over the milkshake mm -hmm. and, oh, yeah, and the, the vanilla Coke mm -hmm. and the $5 shake. And that's when she's saying, um, Vincent goes, can I taste that shake? I'd like to see what a $5 milkshake tastes like. And she's like, sure. And he gets in and he goes to move the straw. And she goes, you can use my straw. Cooties. I don't have cooties. He goes, well, maybe I do. And she goes, cooties I can handle. He goes, okay. So he tastes it, and he's like, God damn. That's a pretty fucking good shake. I don't know if it's worth $5. It's pretty fucking good. And he gives it back to her. So the rest of the time they're talking here, she's sucking on the cherry. And I swear to God, Tarantino has a thing for Uma Thurman because she does shit like this all through Kill Bill in this movie. You know what I mean? She's sucking on that cherry the whole time she's talking. And then she's talking about, don't you hate that? The uncomfortable silence. You know, why do people think they have to chat back and forth to keep it interesting? She goes, that's when you know you met somebody special. When you can just shut the fuck up and enjoy a silence together. And he's like, well, I don't think we're there yet. We just met. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and that's when she's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And you think of something interesting to talk about. And then when she gets to the bathroom... Uh, Vincent looks over and Marilyn Monroe is standing on top of the grate Ooh. with the air coming up doing the yeah the yeah, classic Marilyn Monroe thing mm -hmm. and everybody's clapping for her. So then we go to me in the bathroom and he would go, I said, God damn, God damn. I said, God damn. And she's doing the coke on the, on the sink. And it's funny because everybody around her is just doing their hair and makeup and nobody's paying any attention and she's doing lines off the sink. It's so funny. So then um, she comes back and the food's sitting there, and she's like, don't, don't you, you love it? You when go you, to the bathroom yeah, and come back, and your food's and there. your food's ready for you. And he goes, we're lucky we got anything at all. I don't think Buddy Holly's much of a waiter. Like, we should have been over there in the Maryland. You know, yeah, Maryland he goes, food. we should have got Marilyn Monroe. And she goes, which one? There's two of them. He's like, no. He goes, that's Marilyn Monroe. And he points to another blonde that's actually wearing some, like, those tight 50s pants and, like, like high heels. Capris. Yeah, and he's like, that's Mimi Van Doren. And he goes, I don't see Jane Mansfield. She must have the night off. And she's like, oh, you're pretty smart. He's like, I'm going to do what I can. So then... Uh, you think that was him saying that he's been there before? 
No, I think he just recognized the actresses for who they were supposed to be because he's super into movies and shit. Gotcha. Because he's part of that universe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, so then she's like, "Did you think of something to talk about?" He's like, "Yeah, I actually did." And then um, he goes, "But you got to promise not to get offended." She goes, "Ooh, this doesn't sound like your usual bullshit type of stuff, you know." And she goes. I can't make that promise because I don't know don't what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. And That's not what fair. you say may automatically offend me. Thus, through no fault of my own, I'm breaking my promise. Which makes sense. So he comes out and asks. He's like, you know, uh, Anton? Anton? Yeah. And she's like, who? He goes, Anton, Tony Rocky Horror. You know him. And she's like, okay. And then he's like, what do you think about what happened between him and Marcellus? And she's like, well, he got thrown through a four-story. He door. fell. He fell. You're right. Oh, yeah, and he goes, well, that would be one way to put it. The other way to put it would be that he was pushed. Mm-hmm. Another way to be put to put it would be Marcellus pushed him, and yet another way to say it would be Marcellus pushed him because of you. And she's like, because of me? <laughs> she goes, what did he do? And he goes, he gave you a foot massage. And she goes... You think Marcellus threw somebody out of a four-story window for touching my feet? And he goes, well, it seemed reasonable at the time. He's very protective of you. And she goes, reasonable. She goes, a man being protective of his wife is one thing. A man throwing a man, another man four stories for touching his wife's feet is something else. You know? And then she tells him, she goes, who told you this? He's like, they. She's like, they talk a lot, don't they? He's like, yeah. And she goes, the only thing Anton Anton ever touched on me was my hand when he shook, shook it, it at my wedding. You know? And she's like, man, when you scams get together, you're like a sewing circle. <laughs> she's like, and she, the, the, she, she also says, um, the only ones that know what happened are oh, that's right. Marcellus Marcellus and, and Anton. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So then um, they come out, and then they're like, it's time for the Jackrabbit Slims Twist Contest. Who's our first contestant? She's like, right here. And he's like, what? And she goes, I want that fucking trophy. I believe Marcellus Wallace, my husband, your boss, told you to take me out and do whatever I want. I want to enter that contest, and I want to win the trophy. So they both get up. And here we get one of the most iconic movie scenes ever shot. With them twisting and doing the Watusi. The Watusi. The Watusi. Um, so they have the twist contest and they're playing um, uh, Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. Um, twisting the night away? Ghost? No, it's uh, Say La Vie, Say the Old Ones. Go to show you never can tell. Do, 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 do. So again, back to the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Absolutely perfect. For this scene, everything fits perfectly. Everything's awesome. Which what what song would you have picked? Because remember, the trivia was she didn't like the song, right? And he said, "Well, trust me, it's perfect." And it was, um, I guess, "Twist and Shout" maybe, because it's a shake it up, baby, now shake it up, baby, twist and shout. Maybe I don't know. Um, I can't imagine any other song just because I've seen this movie so many times over the last twenty five years. I can't think of any other song they could have played there other than that that would have been as perfect as it. Absolutely cool. Uh, oh, you, you didn't shake it up, baby. Oh, uh, I see baby. what you were doing. Twist that. 
Fuck twist you. and shout. Fuck you. I can mash potato. <laughs> I can do the twist. <laughs> Fuck you, Jasper. <laughs> Starting to piss me off. You know, I'm a little tired. I think I need my back pop. He said, look, look. <laughs> Fuck you, Jasper. Starting to piss Starting me to off. piss me off. <laughs> so anyway, so they dance the night away, and then they show back up at Mia's apartment. And they have the trophy, and she's wearing Vincent's jacket. Mm-hmm. He unlocks the door. They come in, and they're doing the tango. Tango. And she turns the alarm off when he dips her. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cut on some music. Yep, and then she's got the trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, she puts on some music, and we're going to stop right there. We're yes. going to leave Vincent in the bathroom, trying not to jerk off. And One we're, go we're going to leave him there for a week <laughs> because we're at 238. And this probably would go four hours if we went, because there was a lot of shit to talk about. For sure. And I knew going in, just like from Dust Till Dawn, I love this movie so much. And I have so mm-hmm. much to say about it. I knew it was going to probably run in two parts. So there you go. This was uh, Pulp Fiction Part 1. Uh, make sure to come back next week, where we will continue our discussion about this classic from 1994 by Tarantino. And I am going to that, cut it. And you got to think... Um Next week is the last word. And yeah, next week you will be receiving the last word in the secret Secret word word contest. contest. Or something. Yeah. Anywho. Just a quick plug. Just a quick plug on that. Mm -hmm. But um, so yeah, I guess we're going to uh, call this a quits right here. Yeah, for all you scamps in those sewing circles. All you scamps in them sewing circles. (laughs) Get down, get down. We're going to leave a little jungle boogie. And uh, we will catch you guys next week. Make sure to come back for the second part of Pulp Fiction. And on behalf of the legacy, Mr. Roman Alvarado and myself, Jasperino, thank you for listening to the 700 Takes Podcast. We will catch you, Jive Turkeys, on the motherfucking flip side. And uh, be- before, before you know, I know you just did your whole spew about all of that and whatnot. Yeah. I just want to say... Um, Happy early birthday to you. Oh, thank you. Thank uh, my you very much. Motherfucking compadre. Hell yeah. You know, um, it's a motherfucking podcast that uh, we motherfuckers done put together. And right. All these motherfuckers out here, I want to <laughs> just say happy motherfucking birthday to you. Thank you. Motherfucker. Thank, thank you, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm a mushroom cloud man, mother, laying motherfucker, motherfucker. Stay tuned for that Easter egg. I'm going to throw it in anyway. Yeah. We'll do it on both episodes, but uh, you can hear it here first. Peace out. about this podcast well the 700 taste podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only and the clips
Well, it breaks down like this. See, the 700 Taste Podcast isn't responsible or own in any way any of the clips that it'll be using on the program. But none of that matters. Because see, the 700 Taste Podcast will also include adult language and adult humor. So if you're easily offended, stop listening now. That's one thing you don't got to do with the 700 Taste Podcast. Cool with that, and that all, that's all, that's all there is to it. <laughs> you gotta go. I'm going. That's all there is to it. I'm fucking going. Cause that's the oh, funny. I'm going. That's the funniest part. Wait. Cause remember they're talking about. Quick. Yeah. Cause they're talking about Amsterdam. Mm. I feel like we need to record this. This is funny. <laughs> Cause now they're talking about Amsterdam, and he's like. If you get stopped by a cop in Amsterdam, it's illegal for them to search you. That's one right in Amsterdam cops don't have. And he goes, I'm going. That's all there is to it. I'm, I'm fucking going. going. He goes, Baby, going. you dig it the most. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's funny. So you're going to go, tell me again about the podcast. And I do the whole spiel. And then when I pause, you go, and that's the clips. And I go, well, because he's like, and those are hash bars, remember? Right, 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 like, right, well, it's right. Illegal, but uh, it's legal, but ain't hundred percent legal. I mean, you got to go in certain designated areas, and, say, and those are the hash bars. <laughs> so you want to try? I'm going. Other? I'm. I'm definitely going. What did you say? Yeah. I'm, I'm going. going. That's all there's to it. I'm, I'm fucking going. going. Just be, be Samuel Jackson gotcha. in your head. I'm going. Let me I'm see your pen going. real quick. Yeah. Here, you want just, the paper too? Yeah. Just, just, just jot it down for me, there, my go man. Ahead. So you're gonna start out saying, "Tell, tell me, me again, me. tell me again about the podcast," and I'm gonna go. The 700 Taste Podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only, and you're gonna go, and there's clips. Right, it breaks down like this: the 700 Taste Podcast doesn't own any of the rights to the clips it's gonna use, but that don't matter because. The 700 Taste Podcast is also going to include adult language and adult humor. So if you're easily offended, stop listening now. That's one thing you don't have to do with the 700 Taste Podcast. And that's when you go, I'm listening. That's all there is to it. I'm fucking listening. And I go, well, baby, you dig it the most. Because it's just like the car scene right. from Pulp Fiction. Get down, get down, get down, get doo-doo, doo-doo-doo. All right, you want to try it again? Yep. All right, here we go. So, tell me again about this podcast. So, the 700 Taste Podcast is intended for... <laughs> Fuck, I fucked it up that time. Let's try again. Hang on. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. So, tell me again about this podcast. Well, the 700 Taste Podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. And these clips? Well, it breaks down like this. The 700 Taste Podcast doesn't own the rights to any of the clips it's going to be using on this program. But see, that doesn't matter because the 700 Taste Podcast is also going to include adult language and adult humor. So if you're easily offended, just stop listening now. I mean, that's one thing you don't have to do with the 700 Taste Podcast. Oh, 
I'm listening. That's all there is to it. I'm listening. Oh, you dig it most, baby. Hey, we nailed it. <laughs> I think we did. Uh, other, other than him saying this, it was supposed to be. I wanted you to drop an F bomb. That's right. And there's clips. That's all right. All right. That worked. That works. Motherfucker. <laughs> I really wanted an F bomb there, but that's all right. Where? Tell me where. Right. We can do it again. I'm going. That's all there is to it. I'm fucking going. All right. Right, because that's I'm how he says in the movie. I'm listening. That's all there is to it. I'm fucking listening. Yes. I'm listening. That's all there is to it. I'm fucking listening. All right. So you want to do it again? Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. And there's clips. Yeah, you can use, either way, like, and there's clips or and the clips. Gotcha. Like, you're just trying, like, I already told you about it. You're trying to figure it out. Gotcha. Which works because a lot of people, this is the conversation I have. They're like, are you guys actually watching a movie and talking? I'm like, no, we watched the movie beforehand and then we review it. And then I have to kind of, like, describe it. It's funny because my friend Marcos now at work is listening mm-hmm. to the podcast and he started off with speed. And he had his earbuds in the other day, and he looks at me, and he goes, hey, so I'm listening to Speed. He goes, I'm about two minutes in. What the fuck is going on? I'm like, oh, you're still in the intro. He's like, oh, is that what it is? I'm like, yeah. He goes, and he listens to the rest of the intro, and he goes, so exactly how high were you when you did this? <laughs> That's Fucking funny. funny. All right, let's do this again. I'm totally putting this at the end of the, li- of the, li- the next podcast. Good. This is a- as an Easter egg. This is funny shit. Hell yeah. All right, here we go. Here we go. So, tell me again about this podcast. Well, the 700 Taste podcast is meant strictly for entertainment purposes only. And there's clips? See, it breaks down like this. The 700 Taste podcast does not own the rights to any of the clips it's going to be using on this program. But see, that doesn't matter because the 700 Taste podcast also is going to include adult language and adult humor. But if you're easily offended, just stop listening now. So that's one thing you don't got to do with the 700 Taste Podcast. Oh, I'm listening. That's all there is to it. Fucking listening. Baby, you dig it most. That was perfect. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Motherfuckers. Motherfuckers.